Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 31. In this episode, my friends and I really just pick up where we left off last week with our discussion about the function of Christian adoption agencies. So if you've not yet listened to that one, uh, this one might not make much sense. If you have and you're interested in hearing us talk ourselves toward a conclusion, then go ahead and give this one a listen and I hope you enjoy. All right, hey guys. And we're back. Yes, we are. Hello. Welcome back to the Travis Lamar podcast. I'm Travis Lamar, and I'm joined by my best friend. Eric. It's me. No. God dang. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, oh God. But um. Uh, and corporeally. I feel like we've been cheated on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> corporeally. <laughs> the Everybody corporeal is. form of Jesus. That's right. Which I just does not believe in. Anyway. Oh, see, now it's you teaser. want to go. No, it's a teaser. It's a teaser. Mm, yes. For, for future weeks. How is everyone's life going? I don't have a question here. <laughs> are we Are we going anywhere? So, you know, are we just... Is it that we're heading... Like, we're moving through time? Or is time moving through us? Oh, jeez. Anyway. <laughs> hey, Vsauce. Michael here. <laughs> I saw a trailer of a movie that on Netflix that oh. talks about that. Oh no, I was about to say. It Netflix. might be. It's like a Netflix special huh. thing, and it's like that's like that's kind of interesting. I don't yeah. know. You know, it's interesting. Yep. It'd be great <laughs> if like we heard sirens at that moment. You know, it's interesting, and it's like oh yeah, oh, gotta go. <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, cool. Anything interesting specifically going on in anybody's lives before we dive back in? I uh. I got banned from League of Legends. Oh, Yo! what? Well, that's like a third of your life. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, well, it, it could just be temporary. So we, I have no idea what happened. Oh, no. Did so you use a racial slur? No. So I, I have never. <laughs> so I have never, ever, ever. I never talk in League of Legends. I um, like, I just I mute, and I just don't talk. Oh no. If I communicate like with teammates, okay, I'm going this way. I'm doing this. But I never use any hateful speech. I've used any anything hateful at all. Um, every time I lose, I say good game. Every time I win, I said good game. That's it. That's the only thing I type. Wait, do you say good game or do you say GG? I say GG. Okay. GG WP. Um, well good played. Game. Um, well played. Well played. Okay. Um, I was like, and that's uh, and that's the only thing I type. And then so witty pun. Monday, <laughs> no, it was Saturday. Uh, I tried looking in, and they said that your account has been suspended. I'm like, what? So I looked. Um, and they didn't give me a why. Then they, I got another one that said you've been banned. So I actually submitted a ticket to Riot um, asking why. And they said that someone's going to talk to me one-on-one. Um, they say it was most likely just a mistake. But okay. they but they said they don't need to give me a reason why. Also, <laughs> I'm banned. They don't need they to give do, me a reason. So, we reserve the do. right yeah. to refuse service to mm-hmm. anyone. That's kind of dumb. So yeah, maybe it wasn't you being hateful. Maybe they just hate you. <laughs> maybe it was you just being hated. So yeah. dude, this is what you do. Anytime you get banned, just Uh-oh. subscribe to a VPN service. Get right back in with a different account. They don't have to wow. know it's you. Yeah, but his, his like old account. Yeah, on well, my old account. That's his what old account has all of his. Wait a minute, you're talking uh, to Excalibur. because I'm t- Peter Smith, aka Hacker Man. <laughs> he can hack into. The League of Legends Matrix and get your old information. Well, I'm hacking too much time. If I, if I am banned, I'm, I don't think I'm going to play again. Play Valorant with me. 
I, I love Aloe. Yeah. You could play uh, Overcooked. I, I, I he can play. <laughs> what is it? Mama's cooking. <laughs> cooking oh, mama. Cooking mama. There yeah, we go. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I might retire. I, I think I will retire from League of Legends. So. Well, I don't think. I mean, if you can't go back in, you would. But his VPN idea can't help you at mm-hmm. all. No, you just have it, to log in. You can make a whole new yeah. account. I mean, in worst case scenario, or actually best case scenario, it works, and then he has to play on like 400 things. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I'm not playing on 400 things. It's impossible. Yeah, whatever that means. It's if, like golf. The higher it's four hundred milliseconds between the action that you perform and it actually happening on the oh, server. Oh wow! Which is I think like almost four four milliseconds. Wait, there's a hundred milliseconds. Maybe not. It might be a thousand milliseconds. Okay. I might be wrong. It's. it's I was a, gonna say I think that's like half a second. But four hundred. That's still a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think real I life pay... is what sixteen things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I. Game the highest I'll play between when like you move your finger and then when it moves. Yeah. The highest I'll, I'll tolerate is 19. That's the highest yeah. I'll tolerate. Maybe. Like, I get pissed when it's 19. Dang, man. Do we have... CS like 45. Yeah, that's, that's tough. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just grateful if I don't rubber band. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's a freeze. We all, we all know what that means. I call it lagging. I, well, well, there's there's, there's lag, lag, but rubber band is yeah. slightly different. Yeah. I, I yeah, it's know. when you it's when you move and you see yourself move and, and then, then the game back. and then, and then you like snap back. back to where oh. you originally were. And you're like, what? I didn't do that. It's force projection. So oh Jedi. yeah, yeah. I'm a Jedi. I'm a Jedi. There, <laughs> there's the answer to all of my problems. You're not a Jedi because there was already the last Jedi. Why didn't the doctor tell me about my midichlorians and how high they were then? He wasn't a doctor. I'm uh, sorry for news for you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, bunch of nerds. Let's. <laughs> Let's talk about God. <laughs> we have already established our credentials, obviously. We've hit so We are many. all theologians here. Yeah. To be taken very seriously. Three theologians for gamers. Let's go. <laughs> theologians. Uh, yeah, so you guys Three are wanting to either pick back up on last week. I think, you know, we, we ended kind of in a hurry. This thing, uh, you know, times out at the hour mark. And honestly, we could have started another one, but I didn't really feel like it. We did three um, hours. Yeah, it, it was long. I think it was two hours, 59, uh, minutes. 59 minutes and 17 seconds. So, and three pings. You know. And three, yeah, three pings. I don't know what a ping is. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, but we can either continue on with that, or Miguel, you had asked me an interesting question. Well, or... I think, I think uh, they, these questions kind of <clears throat> relate and bleed into each other. Uh, and so the question I asked Travis originally uh, was to the, like, do you want me to take it to the extreme of the example, or should we dial it back? And... Uh, I think the example helps us to get our bearings. Sure. So, yeah. so, so the question I asked was, uh, if you believe uh, that somebody can be in a homosexual relationship and be a Christian. Okay. Huh? Uh, oh, so we're not in... Oh, and this, oh. this will, this can... Circle back to the original you had topic. Questions for about the original topic. Yeah, this is one of the questions for okay. the original topic. Okay. Yeah, because the last week's topic is just like you know, if you're running a Christian adoption agency, would you, uh, would homosexual couples be eligible for adopting children out of your care? So, uh, I want to hear everyone's opinion on that. But like, so if you're if you're in a homosexual relationship, can you be a Christian? I would say no. Is because you're constantly living in sin. If you are a Christian, you will repent. <clears throat> like that's the big thing. Like um, asking, like God, I know I've sinned. Then you're asking for forgiveness. No, like you're going up to repent. 
and trying to change. Like you'll like you will fall back into it, but you know, you repented mm. and trying to change. If you're married and being homosexual, like you know it's wrong, but you're still living this thing, you knowing it's wrong. Like how mm. I don't understand how you can call yourself a Christian and still like knowing and still doing not trying to change. That's just real quick, I wanna clarify before we go any further. Do you mean are you talking about like can I replace Christian with um, salvation? Is that what you're talking about? Like, Ooh, that is a great question. Yeah, so my question that I was going to ask to kind of follow up on that is, what is our definition of a Christian? Right. Oh, wait, also... Um, sorry. Okay. I want to, also, I want to make sure, like, are you saying someone being homosexual or someone... In a relationship. Maybe not married. Okay, I'll tell you that. Okay, I'll say like, if you're just homosexual, on, then I think that's fine. Continuing on in that relationship. Okay, yeah. Yeah. okay, I think that's fine. I think if, you, if you're just, if I'm, if I say I'm gay, but I'm not like, you know, practicing homosexual Same stuff. Same sex attracted, yeah. but yeah. not pursuing. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fine. I think, yes, you can. But, okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure that I was talking about the right thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think that's fine then. Um... Eric, your question was... You think the relationship is fine? No, I think okay, being homosexual. Yeah. Your question was, can we substitute Christian for salvation? Um, is being a Christian the same thing as being saved? Yeah, I didn't know if that's what you meant. Because that answered the two maybe. I think it's more, can you be in a homosexual relationship and be pursuing Christ? Might be a that, that is a question. Yeah, that is the question. Okay. I, I don't want to pass judgment upon salvation because... Uh, it's not from, it's not, it's not mine to know. It's not. So. And that I'm, dice has already been rolled, Eric. Um. We're going to get into all this. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, I think, I think, it, I think it's a, I think it's a fair and valid question that kind of circles back to the topic. Um, so I think Chris, welcome to the podcast. First time. Um, uh. <laughs> first time guest, no time listener. <laughs> I forgot to ask Just you. Just found out about it today. <laughs> I should give it a listen oh. before I come over. Yeah, um, right. yeah I, I think I think Chris refined the question well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in, in how you refine that, um, I guess maybe in some ways you're trying to pursue Christ. I think it's possible, but um, you're not pursuing Christ by being in a homosexual relationship. And and this is a person who knows what the Bible says about what they're yeah 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 about. this this is not like a culturally Christian because yeah. that yeah. Like, when you would ask me this in the garage Mike I said I'd say no but with the asterisk you know what if there's someone that's in that type of relationship and <clears throat> they hear the gospel the spirit you know moves within them they come to faith and they've not yet encountered anything in the Word that says that specifically talks about that I'm like okay well then. I guess technically yes, it's possible. But aside from that caveat, I think my answer would be no. Of course, I'm, oh, like your previous topic, I, I know this one. This is not something I would think would need to have too much thought, thought over because um, if you're born again believer in Christian, then you know um, that this is a sin and it's uh, yeah, one of the is that has and it's affiliated with adultery then um no it uh, this uh christianity and uh gay relationships are just not compatible because it's uh god calls it an ab abomination and um and god uh, calls us to be at, at full repentance and if we're not in full repentance we're not fully trusting in 
Uh, maybe not. I mean, I'm on your side of the argument, but I, w- I would definitely not argument. Arg- I would not argument it that way. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't argue it that way because it's like, am I in full repentance? Yeah. And the obvious answer is no. But the thing is, like, if there is, and th- this is what I tell my students, like, if I'm living in known, <clears throat> unrepentant, continuing sin, I cannot have any confidence that I'm a Christian. And I, I think that the term Christian and saved person and Christ pursuer, I think that those terms, like the Venn diagrams of those three thing, those three groups of people is just a circle. You don't think there's a difference between... Because, see, like, Christian, to me, has more to do with behavior than it does have to do with a status, you know, that, of how God sees you, mm-hmm. you know. So that that's where my difference is. So I don't know if I that would make it a circle. Well, I guess it's just like, okay, that might, I might actually, to nuance that, say, like, people are in various stages of understanding the precepts of Scripture. Um, but I, it's like one of those things where you see the fruit of it born in their life. And it, it's, I use the term a, lit, a litmus test a lot. Like if I tell someone, so let's say David, he's your right here. Uh, you're in a homosexual relationship and I'm looking at the Bible with you and I say, Hey, you see how in this thing, it says that this is sin and that, uh, Christ calls you to leave this and you go, Look, I know that the text says that, but regardless of the fact that the text says that, and I believe that the text expresses the will of God, I'm not going, I, I, I'm going to continue to pursue this thing that I know is sinful. And I mean, you know, we talked about, I feel like we always jump to homosexuality, like we did last week, and it's like, we asked, you know, would you allow a gay couple to adopt a child? And it's like, well, I wouldn't allow an atheist couple to yeah. adopt a child yeah. out of my, if I was running a Christian orphanage. Um... So it's it's the same here where I would say, like, if a person knows that something is sinful and says, I'm going to continue to pursue it anyway, not like, okay, I see it, I'm going to give my life over to repentance, and then, like, you find yourself falling back into it, and then, like, the Spirit, you know, rescuing you back out, and you stumble, and you fall, and you get back up, and you fall, and you get... That's, that's different than just resting in it and being like, I know this is sinful, but I'm just going to be chill doing this see um my my knee jerk is that or or my man like i don't want to say my defense of it because like i would argue like hey you know like homosexuality is a sin like you shouldn't be in a in a sinful relationship whether that is a homosexual relationship or a or a relationship that is uh not marriage and you're entering into uh carnal relations whatever it is carnal relations carnal relations um you know um you know i I do believe there are problems but i think i think i i want to take it to an extreme example because i think that makes it very easy uh you know like i like i had a i had a math teacher that was talking like if you don't know the answer to a question uh stop trying to figure out the exact number just all right, this times one million, you know, what does that graph look like? Mm. Okay, then use a hundred. What does that graph look like? Use one. What does that graph look like? Cool. 
and where, you're trending toward yeah where the correct where answer, are you yeah. more you know like like refine it down uh, or like price is right you know like, yeah like one dollar bob yeah you know you're you're just you know what's my range i don't need to be dead on i just need to mm-hmm. keep honing it down and, and so that's kind of why i chose this that question mm-hmm. because uh you know i i you know i do believe that uh you know your relationship with christ is a journey it's mm-hmm. not a uh Oh, I know who Jesus is, and suddenly I am so much more like him. It is shocking. Yeah. It, 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 it's a, today I realize that I shouldn't be tearing people down with my words, and mm. tomorrow I realize that, uh, you know, I should be honoring my mother and father, and the day after I realize <clears throat> the relationship I'm in is not godly. Yeah, that's um, that's why I, I try to use the term, like, same-sex attraction. Right. Where it's like, okay, this is something that the person deals with rather than, this is what they are. Yeah. You know, it's like the difference between saying, like, I'm a drunkard and I struggle with alcoholism. Right. Or, you know, I struggle with drinking too much. You don't have to use a ism, you know, type of word. You can if you want. But it's right. like, you know, I I find myself falling into drunkenness. Whereas it's like if you just say, I am a drunkard or I am a whatever it is, it's like, well, you've kind of identified yourself as that. And it's like, it's almost like you're saying there's no hope. It's like right. this is what I am, right? So, so I, I take it to this extreme because I think um, that's a very obvious sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very um, uh, polarizing. You know, churches and individuals <clears throat> have a very polar reaction to mm-hmm. that, one way or the other. Um, and so, and so, I, you know, I look at that and I say, hey. Uh, I think ultimately we need to look at it and just say that is sin. Uh, now, how would I look at a family um, and say like, hey, there is a uh, a, a, a pornography addiction, mm. or there is a uh, they are habitual liars, mm. you know? And would I weigh that household in the same light as I would weigh this other household? Mm-hmm. And um, man, like, I hate to be a jerk, but, like, quite frankly, I dare say most of us in the room would weigh them differently. And that is where, that is where my problem falls. I, I don't, I mean, I've encountered uh, people in, actually, let's just go ahead and say all three of those situations, and I feel like my responses to them have been relatively consistent across right. the board. Right. The it's response, not like... But, but I'm saying... In this scenario of adopting out a child, I, I like I feel oh, like okay. I feel like we I was came... not on that. Sorry, sorry, no, 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 no. <laughs> I meant I meant in that scenario of adopting out a child. Yeah. I feel like I feel like uh, and and please correct me if I'm wrong. And I know I'm casting. A, I'm a, I'm making an assumption, but I feel like the it would be like ooh gay couple no a uh, couple where the husband uh, has a pornography addiction. Yeah, it's also uh, it's like, not ideal, but it's a home, and it, they're Christians, and so like, not, yeah, I'd forgive it. Like, you're not likely to come across that, but no, it's but all, it's, it's it, also it would the be a shadowed sin. It's also the difference between saying like, okay, this person, and I'm not defending like you know the guy. I'm not trying to get him off the hook for his pornography addiction, but it's like, is he saying, look, I know that this is a sin. I know this is against the will of God, and like, I'm I'm just cool continuing in this, or is he saying like, 
I keep trying and I keep falling and God keeps redeeming me and I keep trying and I keep falling and God keeps redeeming me and like that's that's the process of sanctification. So so that would be that would be like my first argument. My second argument would be like man like hmm you know looking at uh you know your relationship with Jesus as a journey you know and and granted like you know hey if someone's not ready to be a parent they're not ready to be a parent it's a journey if you're not ready to be a parent you should be a parent even though it's all too easy to become a parent even when you're not ready um you know um but i look at you know i i because i i still sit in the camp that i was in last week where i think yeah adopt out the child like your job is to find a loving and caring home for this child uh you know and, and then you know I, I look at these situations I'm like dude like I, I get that it's a sin, but it would still be a loving and caring home for that child. Uh, and would the example still, like, the example that's set before them, but, like, how many of us have examples set before us by our parents that we don't follow or that, you know? Mm. like and, and so... Well, you see, and I think it's... Okay, having met several people... And I'll just, you know, go ahead and say, like, having been in this uh, circumstance myself at a point in my life, like, pornography addiction, when I talk to people who have uh, dealt with that, they're in a state of turmoil. And almost like, not not hopelessness, but like distress and how can there be hope for me? And like, how can God love me? How can God save me? And like, you see progress in that. But then I'm thinking of the person who's a habitual liar and it's like, I don't, I've, I've known people who have been habitual liars. And it's like, if you catch them in a lie, a lot of times, it's like, oh man, yeah, that's, that's really bad. Like, I, I know I shouldn't do that. And it's like, I don't, maybe it's just the people that I've met, but I haven't seen the same type of turmoil and distress in their life. And uh, it is like, that is what I would be going off of. I, it would be hard for me to imagine someone, because you're saying specifically in a relationship, in a homosexual relationship, it's hard for me to imagine someone who's in that relationship and, like, would look their spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend in the eye and would say, I am a God follower, like, I'm a Bible believer, I'm a, I'm a Jesus lover, I'm, I want to pursue Jesus, uh, Jesus says this is wrong, I believe this is wrong, I'm going to continue, like, in it anyway, and that person not being like, you're kind of like unstable right now like maybe we should take some time apart or whatever like it's, it's just i i would have a hard time imagining what that would look like i you know I, which I is just, not to say that it's never happened but. i i i look at it and i listen <clears throat> to it and i just you know like i even think about like myself over the course of this podcast and i'm like over the past 22 minutes <laughs> no no, <laughs> no I know what you mean. yeah no, like in, in past episodes and, yeah. and seeing how seeing how opinions have changed and stances have have uh, I won't say change, but I've, uh, you know, the certainty that w with which some of us stand in them has has definitely uh, shifted a little bit. You know, I'm like, you know, I, you know, and looking at you know that. Uh, so a few weeks ago at church, um, my pastor was talking, uh, and and you know our the the motto of our church is, you know, helping everyone take their next step towards Christ. And he was kind of expounding upon that. I don't know if that was the week you were there. No, it wasn't the week you were there. Um, and he's like, you know, 
uh, everyone has a next step, whatever that next step is, you know, and he's like, and he told a story of like, he encountered somebody who was an adulterer, and he's like, yeah, what's my next step? And he's like, well, I think your next step is to go confess your sin to your wife, brother. Mm-hmm. Like, go and tell your wife what you're doing. And the guy's like, I'm not ready for that step. And he's like, well, that's your next step. Mm-hmm. Like, period. Uh, you know, and then after that, you do this. And then he told another story of, uh, of uh, you know, someone who approached him after church and came up to him and was like, awesome sermon, dude. Super appreciate it. He's like, I just need you to know I am drunk right now. Hmm. And And he was like, well, thank you for letting me know. Is this Sunday morning and, service? Yeah, it actually was. Yeah. We, that was it. Was kind of funny and and you know also terrible, um, but uh, funny story, terrible uh, occurrence. And and he's like, yeah, like well, cool. Like your next step is sobriety. You know, like mm-hmm. that's that's where we need to go with you. Um, like before we even, and I, I don't remember the story well, but I don't remember if it was like before we even like get you Jesus. We need to get you to a point where you could get to Jesus. I'm not saying where you're worthy, we're not where not to where you're worthy of Jesus, but to where you can hear the gospel and where understand you're sober, it. And so yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's what he meant by it. Um, you know, and so and so I look at this, I said, you know, like, you know, sometimes people are presented with the truth and they're just not prepared for it. And I don't know if I would say that that um steals their salvation away from them. Um and, and it's and I think you can hear the the uncertainty in my voice when I say this, like, you know, but like, because I agree with you, like, those who suffer with pornography addictions, they are in a state of turmoil, but then I think there are those who uh, don't understand the depth of the sin or the, or the severity of their mm. sin, like habitual lying, or as we've discussed before, divorce, where, you know, mm. I think largely the room has come to the consensus of like, like, yeah, di- divorce is a sin. So like, so how would you go to a remarried couple and be like your marriage is a sin Mm. like would you then expect them to go like thank you for showing me that that bible verse right there and we will divorce and we will figure out custody of our children and we will move forward you know and so how could you then with the same grace go towards a homosexual couple and go welcome to jesus your relationship is a sin and now i expect you to divorce and, and this is not an argument of divorce or not divorce. Like, divorce is sinful. Like, we've established that. And, you know, it's a homosexual marriage. So I would assume that everyone here would be comfortable saying, well, that marriage isn't a, uh, uh, a, a godly marriage. marriage. Yeah, or isn't a marriage, period. Um, but how, with the same grace, could we look at a homosexual couple that's come to Christ or that or that is building their relationship in Christ and going, sinful i expect you to divorce right now or i expect mm. you to come to that decision and yet we struggle with that argument for the heterosexual remarried couple and so that all comes together with man like i feel like we're just trying to pass judgment um or or our hypothetical orphanage is trying to pass judgment on couples and be like are you saved perfect you're qualified to take charge and guardianship versus hey you know what like Salvation's ultimately Christ's to to dole out, and that's ultimately like that's ultimately Christ's to know. Like He knows our hearts, and I think it's very obvious to look at some people and go, "They're saved." But I think you could also look at some people and go, "Like, yeah, I would I would think they're saved, and them not be saved." And I think ultimately this should just boil down to get the kid into a loving, 
and good home that will take care of them and love them. Also, no, we're on last week's question. Yeah, no, this is this is all last week's question. Oh, yeah, this is this it. argument I, entirely. Kind of back and forth in my mind. <laughs> sorry, sorry. This this are. is all sorry, and I, I I know that was long and muddy, but like this all is just like I've been thinking about this question all week long, and I'm like I can't justify y'all's position because of what I just ranted for 20 minutes saying. I got yeah, he's gonna I got two me. questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, one is not like really to do. This. I just something that you say that kind of like, huh? Um, I don't know exactly what you said, but neither will. Do I, you so do you think it's possible for a Christian to lose his salvation? Mm, yeah. Um. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say my quick. We, I we are elect, so I would say no. Okay. I, I would argue you that you were probably question? never accurate. I would probably say that you were never truly saved. Yeah, okay, I'll would say that too. That so you don't. Have, do you have another you question? No, no. And it's a very, pre- yeah. it's a very precise way to lose it. I would say. You're saying like the blasphemy of the Holy yeah. Spirit thing. I think I think if it's anything short of that, that you're not technically losing it, mm. because I mean, I mean, if you think of it this way, like what sin are you committing that in God's eyes is not equal to everything else? Mm. Right. Mm. If I go out and kill someone. It's going to be the same as if you were to like cheat on your wife. Right. God okay. sees that as equal. Okay. Whereas, or um, yeah. So we're going to skip that. So that's all equal there. I think, like Travis was saying, like blaspheming the Holy Spirit, that would be like boom. Like, I think you're going to lose it there, because everything up until that point, I would think, or unless you like straight up renounce like your faith your faith yeah. entirely and then make a complete 180 and just continue down that path and never repent never think of anything ever again and you just think that this is a better way of life yeah you probably lost it you could he could he or she get it back yes they would probably need to, they, their church would certainly be hurt but i think again if you if you were truly an elect, it would be part of that election I, part. Process. Yeah, I would, my I, my entire art issue with that, and I'm not. I, I don't want to devolve it. No, I mean, no. we can't. We can. Like this is a great topic. My entire issue with that is then the the point of salvation rests on the individual versus on the Christ. Uh, whereas, can I get my salvation back? Yes, if I repent. And it's like, mm, you know, like God God's pulled me from that fire, and He's the one who who controls mm. that. And as, well, <laughs> as I'm gonna. This is a stupid analogy, but it's going to be like, uh, like the the wheel weaves and does the all wheel thing. weaves like, as the wheel yeah, as the wheel wants. It's like God weaves as He wants. If if in your lifetime, like I'm not uh, let's let's pick me. I don't want to pick on. No, you, you can pick on no. me. Pick on so David. Those people do. We already said he was in a gay relationship, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So like, let's say for instance, like tomorrow I were to just wake up and I'm just like, that's it, divorcing my wife, moving out of the house, become a drug addict. I'm gonna go kill someone. Dang, Chris. You know, like all this crazy stuff. Just like all oh, wild. Day. That's you know, a bucket like, list. There. Crazy day. You know. Yeesh, and then, I don't like, want to see your bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then you go through like a couple weeks of that. Or not killing people every day. Obviously, you'd be in jail. But like, but just doing all, yeah. Well, if you do all that for like a couple of weeks, it's like you know, you guys would definitely look at me and be like, "Wow, salvation gone." Why well, wouldn't say you would say salvation's gone? But you would definitely look at me as like, "He's not a Christian. He's not a Christ mm-hmm. follower. He's his life is showing that." Mm-hmm. Whereas, but then like, what if after those couple of weeks, I was just like. I like shook out of it and I was just like, whoa, like I got to get my life together. Like what, how could I have fallen so far? Mm-hmm. And then I come back. That could be part of, of uh, like we were talking about earlier, 
with uh, the predestination good uh, goodwill, uh, free will, free will thing. Where God already knows that I'm going to go through this process. Sorry, I shouldn't tap on the table. Okay. He already knows I'm going to go through that process, and heaven forbid, somehow in his crazy cosmic plan that helps me and the others around me would be wild. But let's say that it is, and then I come back to it. I guess you could say in that instance, it's like, did I lose it or did I ever? Yeah, I see, that, 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 that would that's, be my argument. I, I would think say that's you were never a believer. Mm-hmm. That you are a wolf in sheep's clothing, and then like if that you, became and then, and then manifest, ul- yeah, yeah. And then, but uh, but I would okay. also say like ultimately like again, your salvation is not necessarily for me to know. Mm-hmm. Like I like I'd be like I could throw a best guess at it, but ultimately I'm not called to sit here and go find the people who are believers absolutely, and I'm called to just love people, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and. Like, like, do, like, okay, yes. Yes, like, we call them to do a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, like, fine community of believers and all that, yes. But, like, yeah. my, like it's not to pass judgment upon. It's just to well, find I, like-minded you know, individuals. Like, I, I would just, I'd want to differentiate on the, the use of the word judgment as far as, like, I'm not the one that condemns, but I do need to judge as in, like, discern. And I, I would treat a believer and a non-believer um, differently in that, like, I would be approaching them... You know, I'm calling both people toward repentance, but I would be approaching them from different angles. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think just kind of going back to Chris's thing, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the way maybe all of us would say it, is that person was not legitimately a believer. Their facade of Christianity that they were holding on to for one reason or another um, fell off, and it became apparent who they truly were. And then perhaps it was in that, you know, we would see it as their second conversion experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that, that was when Christ truly revealed the light of himself to them and they became regenerate. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it in Hebrews where the writer says like, look, if we could fall away, then it would be impossible to restore those people to the faith. They would have to legitimately like crucify the son of God afresh to themselves in order to pull something like that off. So in, instead of saying that person got saved again, and I know people like this, um, actually someone pretty, uh, near to my heart, um, you know, went through that type of thing where it's like they grew up quote in the faith end quote, um, you know, graduated high school as soon as they could leave, they did leave. And then, you know, eventually they wound up coming back and they would say as well, like when I was a child, I was not legitimately in the faith mm-hmm. and I didn't really experience the light of Christ until, um, you know, later in his life. Now, I'm also with Miguel. Like, I, I can't guarantee that that person is saved. It's not like, oh, well, not, now he says it, and I really feel like he's telling the truth this time. <laughs> so I'm not like, okay, you get my stamp of approval, buddy. Um, but, you know, he's he's professing and living in alignment with that profession, and so I would treat him as a brother. Right. You know? Yeah. So my That's other fine. thing was like... <laughs> so all of that yeah. for, for his <laughs> first question. No, my second question was, now, are you saying, like, for Christian orphanage, you're like, okay, well... Like, you don't, you're telling, you're, you're telling, like, let's say I was on a Christian orphanage, and I was saying, like, oh, you guys are on the Christians, I'm not going to let you adopt. But you're telling me, like, how, how do I know that person is a Christian? And, like, why, like, what's, you, you're saying, like, that person could be, say they're Christian, and then that husband go, hits his wife. Like, how, how do I know that person's a Christian? Right, like, I, I think, I think we're, look. I think, what I'm saying is, I think we're taking, uh, an un 
an unattainable position and using these very easy benchmarks. Right. Oh, if they're not a believer, then they're sinful people, and we wouldn't adopt them. Dude, or if they're a gay couple, they're sinful people, and we wouldn't adopt out to them. And I'm like, like this is a caricature because you know that all of us would say we are all sinful people. Right. But so then, what's the use in even framing it like that? Because I feel like that's how it's framed. Well, okay. that's well, how so, I feel. That's so, how I feel. So you think, you think my hypothetical adoption agency says, "Oh, this person is a sinner." X, you can't adopt any of my kids, bucko. With like a thick southern accent. You know that that's not the case. Like, don't caricature like that. Steel man the argument. No, but like, I I legitimately do feel like that is how... And and again, like, like, do... Oh, like, and I say this because like, the, what we, the arguments that were chosen, uh, a gay couple, which the argument started with a gay couple. And then we said, and then this is going to, man, like if we never publish this one, I would understand for what I'm about to say. It was, uh, if it was a gay couple and it was like, Ooh, that might sound controversial. So let's, let's soften this up and just say, if an atheist couple, that's, that's not so controversial. Like if an atheist couple was like, okay, but let's boil it down. Like people living in a sinful lifestyle, unrepentant sin in an, okay. And an unrepentant sin, but like, but man, like how many people would not say like they are true believers and i would i would even i would even agree like you know but they have they just haven't been presented or have come to face that sin you know like like they know it intellectually but they it hasn't struck them uh to their heart you know and 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 that's where that's where i struggle like you know uh you know People who, uh, you know, I just drink a, a couple beers a night. Like it's not a, it's not a huge deal. And it's like, well, no, like that's. I would probably argue that's alcoholism. It depends on your weight and how you take it and all that too. But like, but, okay. you know, let's look at it and say like, but that's probably alcoholism. But Miguel, how you're framing it is the is like this that in your case you would take the time to discern, yeah, and see. While we're not doing that, and that's that's not the case. Like, if you can find out, well, no. But my argument is, I wouldn't bother discerning. I wouldn't. I wouldn't right. sit there and go, "Are you a sinner or are you not?" I would. I would sit there and go, "Are you capable of providing a loving, stable?" How can household? you know that? But, How can go. you know that? Okay, wait. But um, hang on. I, the same argument are... would be as we would do the same thing. It's like like you want to know like if a. If someone wants to adopt, I'm like, okay, well, how do I know you're Christian? Well, falsely, like, you talk to this person, you say, they need to go yeah. talk to the church that they go to. And I think that would be Yeah, a and thing. it's like the it's person like, yeah. can lie. Yeah. So let's say, let's say that I'm, I do a drug test, and it's like, well, why would you even bother doing the drug test? Because, like, the guy can just have, like, a fake... Like he can, he can, maybe he bought his friend's pee and now he's going to put that Very pee true. in the thing. And it's like, so why do you even bother doing the drug test, Travis? Yeah. Because like, it's possible for people to fake it and squeak through the system. Right. Yeah. But I've done my due diligence. Yeah. And ultimately, like, even if I ran this adoption agency and, you know, I, so, I, I would make mistakes and I would hand children into homes that like would not be ideal for them, but I would be doing my due diligence. And if people lied and it turns out that, you know, the, the mom has a heroin addiction or the, the dad is like compulsively unrepentantly hooked on pornography or whatever. And like, just whatever, like, okay, but I legitimately 
not only asked, but like David was saying, you know, like I've, I've gone and I've assessed and I've, I've done what I can. You were lied to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, how are you at fault? Because you were li- like, they built, uh, uh, like they masked it, you know? They, so, so I see, guess my like, question is like, what would your criteria be to, a, in, in a Christian orphanage, what would your criteria be to adopt out a child? My number one Christian. (laughs) Okay. Well, then you could also like, I. So how how the good question is this? It's like if Travis was to come up to me and say, David, how do I know you're a Christian? How do I know that you're a believer? Well, like first you have to say like look like, look at the fruit. I'm sorry. Look at uh look at my fruit. Am I living in a godly way? But you could fake that, David. I could could fake that. You're right. Fake. So now. Fake I, uh, pee, fake fruit. Right. And again, like, like you could go up to a family that's not a Christian. You could say, like, go to a family that say, like, oh, you're a loving family. They could lie to all of this. Like, wouldn't you do your investigation to see the right. same reason as, like, you would do a Christian family? So, so but I feel there, like this there would... would be, we know this, there would be a visitation to the home. There would be observation going on. It's not as if we're just handing. We have like an assembly line of babies. Like here, you go. <laughs> it's like you have to do. It's like, do... show us, show us your Bible. You <laughs> yeah. got your baptism certificate. Right. All right. Yeah. And if somehow <laughs> they like kid. all throughout Pink that they lied about it, like I'm not going to be held accountable. The liars are going to be held accountable. Lying yeah, is a sin. So, so I guess, I guess, we, I guess, I fall back to my question of what would the criteria be? Right. So I would say. Yeah, it's, so it'd be male, female, Christian. Okay. All right. Well, and, would you not adopt out to like single parent homes? Ooh. Um. It would. I'd have to really know the single parent, yeah. but like that's not ideal. So here's the thing. If I'm a, if I am an orphanage, right? If I'm running an orphanage, I am taking care of the kids. I don't necessarily agree with you that I cannot provide the. I mean, we disagree on the level of what adequate is, but yeah. I do believe being a disciple of Christ. Whether um, you know, as a single man, or if there's a team, or if I did it with a with a wife, whatever it is, I think that I can provide, and I do believe that God will provide at some level, the emotional and physical, all that uh, support that a child needs. I don't want to hand off to somebody where that level degrades. It makes no sense, and I think that's that's irresponsible and sinful. Because why would you do that? How can you call that loving? So I want to see that if I hand it off to a couple or a person that their level of emotional and physical support is actually raised. I will. I don't believe you'll ever get that with a homosexual couple. I don't think you'll ever get that with a, with an atheist couple, with a Muslim couple, with any couple well, that isn't... Yeah, and, and we had specifically said last time, like, the idea of, I'm going to take this child who right now is in a, in a community where the name of Christ is magnified, and I'm going to hand them off to a community or to a, a couple or ruffle or single person or or whatever you know yeah, where, yeah. where the name of christ is is not magnified it's like for all the other benefits that a person might confer from that like i to to take from that child exposure to christ is is untenable and i and what we found last week is that our ultimately our ultimate discrepancy is that i and eric i i don't know about you uh david we believe that or, or Peter, I don't know about you. Actually, I don't think you're on this. But for me and Eric, we believe everything that happens was predestined. Not just whether or not a person is saved or milestones like, oh, you know, the assassination of 
Kennedy. Kennedy or, or like the crucifixion of Christ or whatever or you know the reign of Genghis Khan like I believe that if I were to flip a coin and it comes up heads that that coin coming up heads in eternity past was already determined right so it's like all I'm accountable for is obedience yeah I, I agree with that I, I agree with the predestined everything is on a set course oh, now okay, that's good. I'm still responsible you know I'm yeah. still responsible for and and when I sin I mean, it's like, I certainly feel free. And so when I sin, I'm, I definitely am accountable for those uh, sins. So it's like, that that's where we depart. Because, Miguel, you would say, well, the child's salvation is already set in stone. And so therefore, if I have to leave that up to chance, like, there's no leaving it up to chance because God's already determined that. But if the child, you know... But what is not set in stone, Miguel, you would say, uh, is whether this child will ever suffer from depression or whether they will, uh, you know, become a racist or whether, you know, what are these other things? And I would say, I'd say, like, everything. It's all, it's all written in the books. Yeah. Also, like, I told Travis this last week. One thing that kind of, like, just really kind of, like, I don't understand is that, like, so... If I were to give a child to a non-Christian, I, I, I just, I, I, like again, like they, I don't, Sam, well, I keep saying Sam, Travis and Eric, <laughs> well, now we the it's because when you're going to say, it's because when you're finishing with, and Eric, the natural beginning yeah, to that Sam. pair. Yeah, yeah, so Travis <laughs> Tell and Eric, me I'm wrong. they don't, <laughs> they, they won't agree with this, but like, I just, one thing kind of keeps bothering me, it's like, okay, so if I'm giving this child to a non-Christian, this is God's child, like, and like what, like, if I had a child, would I want someone to do that with my child? To no. hand them off to yeah. a non-Christian. And why yeah. on earth would I do it to God's child? Like, then, this is what I believe, and I know they do, but like, I, instead of, like, I could have done more. I could have done my best and solved God and done what he said, but instead I gave his child away to someone who's not going to know about his father. So no one's going to mm-hmm. about his love. And that, I would say, okay, so about an orphanage is a lot of kids think, like, like, how could, like, uh, if my own parents didn't want me, how could anyone want me? And you could say, you know, God loves you, but stuff like that. And see, that's what I would really struggle with. Like, well, if you tell them, like, it's God's love enough. I've done my own research, I'm of it, and I, I would say, yes, just because. Yes, God's love is enough. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because um, looking at examples of in Bolivia, there were orphanage kids who have don't have a father and mother, but they do have their youth pastor. They have their um, the people who watch over them, and that is that's good enough. Like, I, I just don't ever think to myself, like, I sent this kid to hell. Like, I... I, I, I don't like that I, know, that's what I, said. I no, no. no one I, sends you to hell. Everyone who goes to, to hell yeah. No, but I, I put them in the path. I helped them on the you path. You put them in peril. I did I not them do what I was commanded to do. Right. Like, yeah. that's really what I keep falling back on is I've been given a list of commands. Why would I neglect them so that a kid... You know, I, I, I'm not, like... We're not downplaying the, the, the benefit of having a, a nuclear family. But, but okay. But I, I think I think Travis just kind of opened the door to... 
something that David mentioned. Travis close the freaking door. That David mentioned <laughs> last week, which is like, you know, was it door closing? If, if you there, there's a carrying capacity. Carrying, carrying. Capacity. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for those of you yeah. who did not take baby bio, nope. uh you know, there's only so many of an animal that an ecosystem can carry right, okay. before that ecosystem collapses. Right. Right. Uh, in this example, there's only so much money that an orphanage uh, can pour into people before babies start to starve, and that's a, a far extreme. I get that, but but it is a and and David uh, talked about it last week. Like like that is a legitimate struggle that any nonprofit uh suffers through is the financial so like so we're talking about like oh well like we'll just continue to hold on to this kid because i'm called to take care of the orphans but it's like okay but what about like the three other orphans now that you can't adequately care for because your orphanage is your orphanage is at max and so they possibly have to go to a less than standard care facility or they get thrown into the foster system, which we kind of discussed a little bit last week, is an unstable system where kids bounce in and bounce out mm -hmm. yearly. Like, like man, like in a in a vacuum, I'm with y'all. In a vacuum, like in a perfect world where I where I like, it's like I could be selective and like ultimately like like everyone's taken care of. Yeah, like absolutely. But in in a in a practical sense of it, it's like, dude, like, I, I just fall back to orphanages that are not permanent. Find a kid a loving home. And, like, and even, Eric, when you were discussing, like, oh, one versus two, I, you know, I, I don't know if this is a conversation that I, uh, one parent versus two parent households. Oh. Um, I don't know if this is a conversation that I had with you. I think Travis and I have certainly had this conversation where we believe a two parent household is a better household. Yeah, 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 one parent household. Yeah, so, but I would. So if, to sit there and go, I like, would adopt oh, out like, to a single parent. Right, I would. Like, oh, yeah. And and I would argue the same. But I'm like, I'm like, here we are arguing like, no, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't compromise on standard of care. But I objectively agree that a two parent household is better. But I would adopt, I would rather adopt out to a single parent household believer than a two parent gay couple who. Are millionaires would, like would, would say they're no even would say they're believers. I think you guys have taken the stance that you would say that no, and it's just yeah like, because you're you're continually pursuing something that you know is sin and unwilling to forsake it for the sake of Christ. Fair, I, I I will I will give that, but I'm just like I'm like man like I Eric who you argue about consistency so much I'm like man like I I just see compromise on every argument. No. Um, and, and, uh, I, and, and I understand and I would say that you guys see on my there, argument, there's, there's also, compromise on every argument. I'd say I there's, there's also a difference between um, if I'm unable to provide a blessing for someone, then my not providing that blessing for someone is, I would say, not sinful. But if I am able and I am presently providing a blessing for someone, and then I decide to cease my giving of that blessing... And then hand them over into an environment where they're not going to hear the name of Christ anymore. I would say that that's sinful, and I think that's the only consistent argument with well, Scripture. Well, right. I mean, so because I remember from last week, uh, you didn't like when Travis gave me two dice, right? Because he thinks yeah, I, one is already set in stone and one is up to the. Yeah, I think I think it's a false a false analogy. 
but yeah. Okay. But, but so when, when I'm thinking about your argument, I do believe that you are rolling a dice. You know, so it's like... Uh, Hang on, let's, let's pause just because yeah. it's getting kind of hard up there and then we'll resume in a little bit. So it doesn't look like it's going to stop raining, so we moved inside. Echo, echo. Where things are really echoing. Oh yeah, here's the sound of my table creaking that you're going to be hearing for the remainder of this podcast, but... Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, well, I think... Okay, so I, was, I remember talking about rolling dice. Yeah. And I feel like you, you already rolled a dice when you said, hey, I know you're not this, but at least you're this. And it seems like, like you're already the one who's compromising because you're saying you don't have the Christian values that I would like for this child to have in their life, but you have these values and these values I think are more important. So you're, you're compromising. I don't want to say that emotional or physical support isn't important, but in the grand scheme of things, like that's not what we're called to do. It has to do with responsibility as a Christian. And so I, I again, we, we keep going back to this. It's just like you are compromising your, your Christianity. I feel like, you're not acting or behaving in a way that Christ would have. I don't think Christ would be handing people off to, to you know, unadopted children, to uh, people of a different faith, people who are pagan, people who are practicing things that, at the end of the day, he, he abhors, you know? So then, you know, going to the guy who's, who's struggling with pornography or, or going to the single person, like, every single category... The caveat is that it's it's after an investigation, right? Because even though you might look pretty and everything seems normal on the surface, there, there's more investigation needed than just that. I certainly wouldn't run my orphanage uh, in a way where I'm irresponsibly just handing children off. Because I, I, the last thing I want for an orphan is to come from you know like a a, a difficult situation and then get go to an, a worse situation, right? right? And that could be to heterosexual. Uh, Christian, uh, you know, male and female, a Christian couple, but where the the husband is physically abusive, you know. Right. So you'd say professing Christian. Professing Christian, yeah. yeah. It's not just enough to profess. It's it's kind of like, can I see this person discipling this child in the right way? And is that going to be subjective? Yeah, but where? How can we not escape that? You know, like how how are we how are we going to not be subjective in our discernment. Even if we come with criteria, it's still going to be somewhat subjective and hopefully informed by the scriptures. See, and it's interesting because I was listening. By the way, this is Chris. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This unfamiliar voice. I was listening, and then you said, well, see, Jesus wouldn't be doing that. And I was like, now hold on. Would Jesus not be handing out uh, like orphans to pagan couples? Probably not. I would probably agree with you, but... Who did he hang out with a lot? He hung out with a lot of people who were lame, who, not like lame, <laughs> not, not lame that we know these days, but like, who were who were disabled. They were cool were, cats. Who were poor. People who, who were, were banned from League of Legends. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, people, he, people he is, who were not, um, I guess what the what the term back then would be like, or whatever would be now as ideal. Um, not back then. So. Saying, well, Jesus wouldn't do that. He wouldn't give out adopted couples to that and this, that, and the other. It's like, well, would he, though? Because he spent a lot of time with people that a lot of the Pharisees didn't even want to remotely talk to. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily saying that is a good thing. But um, 
But more also, it's, I think, I'm going to be the middle person. <laughs> I'm sorry, I want to be a brat and be like, and uh, how many orphans do you think Jesus came across, and how many orphans did you think Jesus had in tow? Zero, and no one's the better Christian than Jesus. But uh, I'm not going to be a brat and argue that one. But, but <laughs> that, and I will say, that's a dumb argument, like. No, but anyway, I'm, I'm going to be the the in between person because I think I more agree on Miguel's side where I were and we did talk about it earlier that like I would agree on Miguel's side where I would adopt out to a homosexual couple with my reservations and that's a different other thing I would uh, adopt out to a single per, uh, parent and I would also adopt out to non-believing couples for different reasons but I think I'm seeing what both of yours that you have well. You have compromises. As in Tra- Eric Travis and Eric. Travis, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you two have compromises in that my Christian values should be their Christian values, and like that's like the one thing that we will not compromise on, but we'll compromise on other things, or we will ignore other things. Whereas, like me and Miguel may be like, well, you know, the Christian values may come and go, kind of a thing. I should say come and go. It's not a good way of putting it. They may come later in a date, but ideally, if I'm yeah. No, go ahead. Like finish yeah, your thought, um, but I do um, have a... But ideally, if it, if it's a uh, good, stable home for the child to go into, and like Miguel said earlier, if I'm like over, I don't want to say overstocked on orphans, but <laughs> overburdened, but over, overburdened, uh, stretch thin, stretch thin, stretch thin. If I'm over, if I'm overburdened, then yes, I think I should adopt out to them. And I think to add in my point really quick is that I told Miguel that if I were adopting out to same-sex couple, non-believing couple, atheist couple, whatever, um, that I would ask them, I'd be like, I don't mind adopting to you. However, there's going to be a long process that we're going to have. Even though I have a lot of conversations, I expect that you will handle this kid in a certain way. Hmm. And I don't, because, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, we can hand out orphans to a Christian couple, but we, I mean, to an extreme example even though they could be trafficking the child mm-hmm, you know right. even though they're yeah. a christian couple and it's like yeah i adopted up to a christian couple i did my duty but it's like well did you and, did and you make it worse <laughs> and one of the things that uh i don't know if i would call it a caveat one of the things i did say last week was look like if they were an atheist couple i would adopt out to them now if they were sitting there and uh like actively teaching hate mm-hmm. uh, like like oh like god's not real like he's a terrible person like like Teaching well, if, atheists, if they, they don't believe he's real. Okay. Um, I, mean, right, I was but, just about to say that just sounds like an atheist. <laughs> things can change. Uh, no, 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 but but like if, if 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 it was like if it was active like like this whole God business, he's a terrible person. Like like look at all the bad things he did. Look at like look at the Crusades. Thanks, Jesus. You know, like like if it was like if it was if oh, it was it. um anti if it was antagonistic towards. God, I would treat it as if it were antagonistic towards race or gender or anything like that. Like, like the, that I would then also say, like, hey, that's not a good home mm-hmm. because it's a home that's teaching hate. But if it's a home that's teaching indifference, I'd be like, or, I, I, or not, I shouldn't, like, I don't know if I would say that you teach indifference, but if it was a home that was indifferent, I'd be like, well, like, that is, like, then it's indifferent. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a question because there's a, there's a word that's been used about me and Eric a few times now that I'm like, I wonder... Beautiful? What? Well, a, there's Wait. another word uh, besides beautiful. Um, is compromise and saying that we're compromising. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, there's, there's a few things that you might be meaning 
And I don't think any of those, I don't think we've compromised on anything. So I would, I'd say I'd adopt out to someone who lied on a drug test, like unbeknownst to me. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, I would adopt out to people who are, you know, professing Christians and, and trying to forsake and confess their sin and, and live in um, light of the word of God. I don't think that's a compromise either. Um, and then I said I would compromise, I whoop, <laughs> slip of the tongue. No, I said I would uh, adopt out to single people, but I don't think that that's a compromise either because mm-hmm. it's not a sin to be single. Mm-hmm. And you know, if, if, if there's a single person, you'd look at their life and you'd look at their moral character, just like with a married couple, you'd have to be more scrupulous on their income and make sure that they as a single individual would be able to provide. Um, but I don't think that anything that we've said has been a we, compromise and I, I'm, that word is being used. So I'm just curious, like what I, it is that, well, go ahead. Yeah. I was just, I was just saying in my defense, I was using it because Miguel had it. Yeah. So I, it's I, your fault. Really, no, I, 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 I saw that bus coming real fast. <laughs> <laughs> I was not saying, I'm, not, I'm not putting the blame on Miguel. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> it was more of. I was using it because I couldn't think of a better term around mm-hmm. but I would, I guess ultimately, and I'm pretty sure you would agree, Miguel, that we're not saying that you would compromise on certain things, but I think that you would value something over something else and that the higher well, values yeah. obviously take precedence yeah. over the lower values. And I don't... It's the definition it, of value. Yeah. And it's not, <laughs> and yeah, I think compromise now is the wrong word, but like I couldn't think of another word to think of it. Yeah. We're I, prioritizing... I, I, something over mm-hmm. the other. that would be better I, I would agree yeah. like the and objectively i think the only area that i would say would potentially be compromised is kind of what eric was talking about like um quality of care and then back to like well you know at least travis and i i don't know if eric and i have had the conversation of two-parent household is a better household mm-hmm. uh because yeah. of what it can provide and all that and it's like well we're saying that two-parent household is better and that we're not willing to uh, but then at the same time, like looking at it and being like, well, uh, we have this community and this community can care for the child and a two parent household is objectively better, but there's a one parent household. So we would still adopt out to that household. Um, that is where I would probably say, I do think there's a compromise. Um, well, I mean, uh, any, we haven't... any situation into which you adopt out the child is going to be less than ideal. You know, and I, I'd say that in everyone that we've posited, uh, it's it's a Christian environment. Sorry, mm-hmm. any any situation where you adopt out the child is less than I. Are you saying? Yeah, like there's going to be shortcomings in any household. Okay, but but, but the single person okay. is not sinning. R- r- no, I, I my my hiccup there was like I was like, wait, are you saying that then the orphanage should not adopt out the child? It, no, because I thought I thought you were saying is less than ideal than the orphanage keeping the child. And I was because like, wait, what? There are no ideal houses into yeah. which to send the kids. So I I guess a question I would have, and we touched on it earlier, I'm I might have even asked it. Would you adopt out to a professing Christian remarried household? I mean, Eric and I have different views on uh the the situations under which a remarried couple or a a second married couple right right, right so um, married divorced spouses are still alive married other people uh okay but, married divorced under circumstances other than sexual immorality sure like, yeah so let's just say an unbiblical divorce like, sure yeah yeah however yeah. however we would uh an unbiblical divorce but them as a couple uh are 
going to church, are spending time in the Word, um, and have not come to the conviction that uh, I would even say myself came to three, four weeks ago, uh, thanks to Eric. Um, would you adopt out to that uh, household? No. I think I'm with him. But I, I will say, I will say my caveat. Sorry, Chris's face was my caveat excellent. is is the same phrase that I was using when we were in the splash zone over there. Uh, was known open unrepentant sin. So it's like if if that person is like they're a remarried couple and they look at the text and they have this different interpretation where it's like, look, I see this exception clause and I think that this extends to. Um, you know, to abuse or abandonment or adultery. Like I, I think you got the three A's and you know, they and they have a they have a textual reason for backing that up. That's how most Christians I've met hold that view. It's not like, well look, I know the Bible says this, but even regardless of what the Bible says, Ooh. I just am not going to pursue this. Ooh. Oh. oh okay, so so you would oh that is like a podcast in and of itself. But so you're saying if they, um, yeah, put if me, they let's let's put me in the undecided category. So I got a I got Eric and Miguel <laughs> vying for my my hand in marriage over here. Well, 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 okay, so so I know you just changed to undecided, but in your original argument, you would say that if their interpretation of that was I can be divorced under exception clause, so they're unrepentant in their remarriage, then yes, that's fine. Well, they they don't find themselves to be living in, in sin. In sin. Right, in, right. In because malalignment because it's subjective. Sure. Because I think there is honestly more uh, room for interpretive differences there. Where, like when you Sounds look, like we need another episode. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, <laughs> but yeah. I'll say, when you look at the New, Te- New Testament, I'm not talking about Leviticus, I'm not talking about like any of that type of stuff. When you look at the New Testament and it says like very clearly without, oh, here's an exception clause and it's present in Matthew, but it's not present in Luke, like very clearly and explicitly like that this is a sin and someone goes, yeah, I know the Bible says that and I'm going to claim to be a Christian. So I'm going to go ahead and claim that the Bible is the expressed will of God. And so here's this thing that's the expressed will of God. I'm just going to go ahead and flout that and like live in open defiance of it and, you know, like, who cares? Like, I'm I'm not going to live in alignment with the will of God. Like, that is open, known, unrepentant sin. And it, whereas if a person were to say, like, what's what's something else? Uh, like, baptizing your babies. Like, people, some people would look at the text and say, like, well, you know, there's, there's room for disagreement here. And, like, I think, you know, well, when Paul and Silas talk to the Philippian jailer, they say, you know, believe in the Lord and be baptized and you will... Uh, be saved you and your house so like you know who's to say that the philippian jailer didn't have babies and like he could have baptized them and then it's like okay they're at least making an interpretive argument and they're they're looking to the word as authoritative instead of saying like i know the bible says this but tough like i'm just going to go ahead and live in open opposition to that anyway and that i mean that phrase that i known open unrepentant sin i use that phrase not just like today in this podcast, that's something that I've derived from scripture and that I pour everywhere. Like when I do communion at our church, I talk about, look, if you're living in known, open, unrepentant sin, do not partake of communion today. Right. So that's a consistent measuring rod that I try to use across life. 
Yeah, see, like... we. So just to clarify, like, sure. we would have the same principle, but because you picked a certain topic, maybe we have a different interpretation of whether or not certain things violate or meet that principle. But, like, that's, that's exactly why I wouldn't um, hand a child over to a homosexual couple or to a couple that have, have been remarried unlawfully. Because I think that sin has consequences that even bringing a child up in that they, they may even have children of their own you know i, I just think it's it's a bad situation for her but i would not i would not bring a child oh eric silly in, question in, in, would you adopt out a baby to a family that would baptize him or her um i would definitely have my reservations but <laughs> i think that that's that's less that's not really an that's an interesting conversation <laughs> to have. but it's like i would have my reservations and the thing is like um, if I had my way, it would be people of the same mind as far as how we interpret scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, um, I, I do believe there are things that there's disagreements about that aren't really that consequential. And so if that's what I'm dealing with, it's like, okay, that, that's where I'm going to have to like make sure it's not my pride or ego and just, you know, I think it'll be fine. But but that's bro. You're such a compromiser. To me, though, that's it's different than it's like yeah. Yeah, it's a different category. Yeah, I, I yeah. consider that a different category. You know, hmm, the Je- end. Jehovah, <laughs> Jehovah Witnesses, uh, Mormons, like hey, you're you're close, but not really. Well, you know? I don't know if I would call them close. Well, Mormons they, believe in infinite gods. They, no, I know. So, but, they sure think they're close. But they ride bikes. And so I know if I hand my child off, they will have great... And they wear helmets. They, they wear helmets. Safety. Safety first. See, like, I just... I cannot... If someone, like, did that, and I know that's not necessarily where you're taking it, but it's almost like that. I feel like you're, you would, you're looking at people who are physically healthy and they practice safety uh, regulations, but they also have a very demonic way of thinking about life in the world. It's mm. like, wow. How could you even want a child to touch touch that? It's like right now, this child has, you know, under whatever circumstances, God has placed them in my care. And as long as they're in this orphanage, we're going to sing songs about Jesus. Like we're going to pray before our meals. We're going to tell them stories about like, you know, Jesus healing the leper and, you know, Jesus and the woman at the well. Like we're going to tell, we're going to teach them the scripture. Like why would I hand them off into an environment where Christ is not magnified? Yeah. Go ahead. I don't know for you, Eric. Uh, now, this is going to be Eric's like... This, uh, this is the gonna, Eric Iskander podcast. <laughs> this is going to be a pleasure for both of you guys. And this is like one in a million. I don't think it would happen. But let's just say... You like, can end up with Selena Gomez. Stop doing yeah, it. Just, um, <laughs> so, let's say... <laughs> so, let's say... Um, this moment, we're going to give this child to a homosexual. And you see that happen. Would you say I'll take that child? Would you adopt he, that child? If he doesn't intervene, you're saying? Yeah. Well, I'm saying, would you adopt? Would, child? would I? Yeah. They, they can't. They, they can't. Like, they can't like you're say, seeing this happening. I mean, they say the child. This child cannot live here. And if you see this child going about a bit, would you? I'll help your scenario. I'm I'm visiting as a Christian. Yeah. This orphanage. I'm volunteering. This is part of the mission. And you, the and child then, can't stay. I just find that. out, like, hey. Yeah. And this uh, child can't stay, so they feel like this child needs to go somewhere. I would definitely uh, stop it as is and try to have a conversation, try to figure out why the Mejia's orphanage. 
I don't know. I just, I'm just going. But like this orphanage is doing that, and if it had to be, like I would take it. Uh, I would take the child in my care. And you but, care, would you adopt it? Him. I'm only saying it. Like it's a. Well, well because it could like, be a her. It's a bit discriminatory. Yeah. Because um, yeah. it hasn't. In this problems. state that I am, I don't think that I could be the best parent, but. It's, it's like what I would do in the orphanage. Hold on up. But what I would do is the same thing what I would do in the orphanage. I would hold on until I could find something right. better. And if that's the rest of this child's, well, I don't know, say maybe life. Until they're 18. Until they're 18, then, then so be it. It's, it's, it's that's laying no. down your but, life. But it's like, oh, but, but, but the decision is not, hang on. But the decision is in the hands of this orphanage. Like that would be the, what? because this is not a Christian orphanage that you're volunteering at. Well, I thought the scenario was here's. It was Miguel's Christian orphanage. No, 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 not Miguel, but like it was a Christian orphanage. And here I am. It's it's my mission to come help and volunteer, and then okay. I see them doing that. Okay. Yeah, but the orphanage isn't going to be like. Well, yeah, we're, we saying, already signed all this happen. paperwork, yeah. but Eric, you know that that yeah, beard really happen. gets that's us. What I'm saying. You know, uh, let's say it was just uh, I'm visiting a church that's and, and a couple. Yeah. yeah, but let's just not even do orphanage. Say it's a couple. And I find out that that's going on. I, I try to do that. But what am I being inconsistent? Because uh, it was, oh, I would, but uh, I don't think I'm the best. Qu-. But it doesn't. Well, but it does. That, that doesn't have to do with taking the child. And it was whether it would be a permanent thing or not. So I would still like I would take the child in. Okay. Whether whether I'm not going to look for someone, of course I would look for uh, a couple. You know, so, the ideal. Okay, so I misunderstood. So in that situation, yeah, where you know it was a couple, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to have to surrender our kid. We're going to surrender to the gay couple." You would say, uh, it's the village, or, or to the or village to, gay people, uh, yeah, <laughs> the village no, people, people. <laughs> <laughs> or or to an atheist couple or whatever. You yeah. would say, "Wait, let me Which, take it." Because probably itself is like the bruja. <laughs> so, <laughs> So you would say, wait, let me take it. Mm-hmm. Okay, would you do that for the third? For the third? Yeah, for the for the for, for the third well, child, for the fourth, fourth child, or the eleventh, uh, the one hundred and sixteenth. But that's where the but that's where I, I, I because get it. because here's here's Eric, why I ask if you it. would not adopt all one hundred and sixty. You're being inconsistent. One hundred and one Dalmatians. Well, no, be, I get it. Be, because it's not it's not because I'm trying to trap Eric into saying no. I wouldn't. It's because I'm expecting Eric to eventually say, well, I couldn't. Yeah, and, and that is that is where I would say like exactly, and that is the problem. I and David knows the numbers on this. That is the problem most orphanages face. Yeah. So we're talking about that. You. There's a caring capacity. Yeah, but, but there, that, but there really this is the last point I had made in there before we got rained out. Is there's a difference between um, I have two cans, okay? <laughs> two not that's the birds. Okay, never mind. Uh, so there, there are two situations. One, I am the, I am this orphanage, and here is a child that that is in someone else's care right now, and they're wanting to hand them off to me. And I say, look, I have as many as I can right now. Um, for me to say I cannot take on another child is not a sin, right? Because I would be taking bread from the mouths of the the ones that I'm currently caring for in order to. Take care for this one. Okay. But then if I have, you know, my my carrying capacity and I say in order to take on another one, I will now put this one into the hands of people who don't love Jesus. Like they will not train this child up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Like 
I would say I that also, is simple because I the one that I'm ha- that the one that I'm handing off is currently in my care. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So, like, um, other so you have this amount of orphanages, and they're going to be taken to orphanages, or you have this amount of orphans, and they'll be taken to however many orphanages there are. Right. The thing is. What matters is the ones that are being brought to you, right? So, like, if even if there's a capacity, not all of them can go to a Christian orphanage. Okay, but the ones that are coming to my orphanage, the ones that wind up with me, yeah, yeah. like that's the one I'm responsible for. If I have to turn away, like like Travis said, um, you do what you can, but the the question is, you don't have to give this child to a gay couple. So why would you? And it's like, you're making it out to be like, you have to. Is it a sin if I withhold the child from the gay couple? Is it a sin if I hand a child into the care of people who don't love Jesus? I would say, I, we would, we're saying yes. But the, yeah, I, 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 would, I would argue, no. And, and like, but, and, no, but the other question, is it a sin if I withhold the child from the gay couple? I would... Uh, he... I would I, I lean towards no, but I would say that you're not accomplishing your purpose because you hang on because he believes, like we talked about last week, that the ultimate purpose of the Christian orphanage is to find financially stable one or two or three or however many parent households that will uh, emotionally care and physically care for the child, whereas. We, I, I would disagree, and I would say that the ultimate purpose of any Christian organization is to make sure that the people that are in its care are in a community of people that are focused on Christ, like that that we pursue Christ see, in everything that we do. I think also this. I think this is important. Since the organization has opened up, the gay people tell it up. Guess how many applications they have gotten? Zero. <laughs> Like, oh, so, so you're talking about a specific, specific orphanage, orphanage okay. that yeah. that, that's not, that spurred this? Yeah, thousands of people. Right. I, I think part of that is because of the stigma with Christians and homosexuals. Wait, you mean um, they've gotten no new ones, or they've, they've gotten, gotten none? Period. Since two. then, like, so none no, from no, homosexuals no, and none no, from none Christians. from like homosexuals. Oh, okay. There we go. And that's I, I what. That's know, how I, I understood that. About yeah. Okay. Right. I, it's still low. It's I would, still super low. I would largely say that's because of the stigma associated between the relationship between Christians and homosexuals. Yeah, I mean, but okay. but I guess I the the other the stigma. You don't think the stigma is a bad thing? Stigma. Like, I I can't agree with what Eric said. It's like Christians. Uh, what is it like? Their their own. Um, you say like not like, countercultural. Yeah, their own people. We've got kind of yeah. like their own like. We, we have our own yeah. goals and our own purpose, and that's that's what what I uh, we got to at the end of. Uh, and those last goals week. and purposes stand in complete contradiction to the goals and purposes of every non-Christian. Right, and that, that's what I'm saying. Like, if we do orphanages the same exact way as everybody else does, then there is no such thing as a Christian orphanage. But you can't be surprised. I, yeah, I, I disagree with that statement as well. How is it Christian? While they're in your care. How is it Christian? I think you can be teaching them about Christ. Which is great, but why are you going to do that and then hand them off to people? Like, we've we've gone through this. Right. I I get it. And and, and like I said, like, I, I fully believe that we're at an impasse. Because, like, that would be my definition of a Christian orphanage. It's an orphanage that takes children in, that loves them, and 
and tries to reflect the love of Christ upon them for the time that they have them, mm-hmm. but that they are not permanent uh, residences and that when adequate care comes that wants to take charge of the child, whether it be Christian or not, that the due diligence is to ensure the physical and emotional well-being of that child. Yeah. And, and that specifically and that the specifically the emotional well-being of the child is to be prioritized over the spiritual well-being of the child. So with Miguel, that is specifically what you have well, said. Well, with Miguel's uh, perspective yeah, I would, of that, that means there is no difference between a Christian orphanage and a regular orphanage. That's how yeah. I see it. Well, well, I, well, well I, would I would say that the, the, yeah, the, the, the no difference distinct. is the education that occurs while but in the orphanage. But that education would be gone if you that good person. Like, it's, no, it is. no, not necessarily. It's not. If you had that person for a year, they've had a year of Christian education. like how old they are. Okay, so we're going to talk about realistically. Like, okay, so let's say you're teaching this kid that's 15. Adopting a 15 year old is getting adopted. It's, I think, 0.6%? Like, it, it now, we gotta, like, talk about, like, realistic yeah, right there's, there's real numbers not, to crunch. Gonna, but even then, like, a two-year-old... Mm-hmm. is not gonna understand. Right. Yeah, so, and so it's Right, really so, like, so well, let's hold on to them until they become that 15-year-old so they definitely don't get adopted because they might not be... Because a, a <laughs> suitable home might not come to them in time. Okay, so well, then, well, that's well, what well, here's, here's, there's no difference of a Christian orphanage and a regular orphanage. Because if you're saying... Because if I okay, if I'm teaching this two year old Christianity, he's not still not gonna get it. I'm gonna give it to a homosexual. Regular orphanage, I'm still not gonna like two is still not gonna understand it. Well, like, and and in a Christian orphanage it might still happen. Like like you're talking to someone who grew up Catholic and went to uh, youth group on Wednesdays, Sunday school on Sundays, church, uh, at like during church, like like I did the whole nine sacraments. The only thing I haven't done is gotten married and died, according to the Catholic Church. But you know, how, but and how so old were you? And, like, but then that, was, know, liter- that was literally from birth to right, eighteen right. years old, right. at least. You know, and then at eighteen, I would say I actually became a believer. And so, but what I'm saying is, like, dude, like the head knowledge did nothing. The head knowledge did nothing. I, I would and say I you was there, also, I was ingrained in it. But I, would, I mean, like, I had water splashed on me. I ate some dry crackers. I got wine when I was a would kid. Would you say you were disciples? You know? and, uh, uh, hang on. Would you say you were raised in a Christian home? I, Christian by the definition of a Catholic <laughs> definition. No, by, I would probably by, argue yes. By a truly Christian definition, uh, yeah, I would say no. Okay, but so I, I think it's. I mean, I, I think that you could have maybe but, made the same analogy by so, another so, kid, so you're, but like man, that's not. Just, well, here's. I the, just don't. I just don't. I don't see how you can say like I am an employee of this organization, and I can commit to it. I can commit to individuals who are full time in this organization as fully as parents and claim that I can do as good of a job and by that restrict them as from... as good of a job regarding what because I would say they were just doing a better job because they're pointing them to Jesus right. it's like it you can say like oh they're doing they have more like one-on-one attention time because it's a two to let's say they adopt you know two kids it's like a one-to-one ratio it's like cool a one-to-one ratio of like an unbeliever 
who's gonna who's who's not gonna train this child in the nourish in the nourishment and I, admonition of the Lord? The and head I would say that does I'm, nothing. But I'm no, not no, no, we're obviously obviously Miguel. Miguel like do you, you do you really think that again steel man your opponent's argument? Do you really think that all we're talking about? Is like head knowledge. Like, hey, memorize this Bible verse. Memorize the books of the that's New Testament in order. Like, you know, that's not the case, but you keep using that <laughs> phrase. You're so, not so what is this? So what, is, so what is this education and extolment Christian of, love. of Christ? Christian that love. you <sighs> Ugh, Christian love. No, like Ugh. I just that's like that's so much. That, that's not nearly that, as good as a good ratio of like one to one. <laughs> like, like. Okay. We're I talking just, about Jesus or not okay. Jesus. We're talking, about, what, what, we're talking about Christ magnified or Christ ignored. Like, to me, there's no comparison to be made about, like, oh, these wait, kids, wait, like, okay, no, no, no. These, these Christian, people could... Christian love, like, break that down for me. Because we were clearly established that I did not grow up in a Christian household. So, Christian love. It's bearing what is, one another's burdens. Hold on. What is that providing for that child? Like, like I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. Like, truly, yeah. I am ignorant to this. Yeah, life, life light, health. Uh, love, joy, I peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, kindness, meekness. And those cannot be provided in an. No. What? Miguel, Miguel, you think that the fruit of the Spirit can be provided <laughs> by people who don't even know that there is a Spirit or that it bears fruit or he bears fruit? I believe, or they don't believe that there yeah, is. Yeah, like, spirit. I mean, yeah. that doesn't make any That's what would, I'm saying. Like, so, that doesn't make any sense. Would you believe, I'm not talking about, uh, would you believe there are good. Non-Christian people, morally good, no, but I don't believe there are morally good Christian people. That's that's the, there we go. Oh. Have on. I not said that like three but, times? Oh wait, wait, there's, wait, there's, wait, there's wait, a wait, di- hang on. on. There's a distinct difference like, 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 do between. I believe, hang on, like, hang on, hang on. There is a difference between fallen, sinful people who are committed to repentance and and pursuing Christ, and people who are like, nah, I'm just kind of fine with the way I am, and like, who's some fake, you know, Bible-y Jesus to tell me that I'm doing anything wrong? Like, I'm just gonna. Invent my own morality. There I, is obviously I, a difference I don't, there. I, I do you just, believe there are morally good people? I, bel- I believe that there are people who do good. Are they pure? Like, good. Like, like lowercase lower g, as good as I. Well, oh, man. Let me, let's take Like, I, I just don't understand how you could sit, like, <laughs> like. I think the quote of the podcast is like, do you believe, don't you think that, like, non-Christians can provide the fruit of the Spirit? <laughs> and the answer is no. But like, hold on, okay. I, can I, we change I, the, do I believe an atheist can be patient? Yeah, okay, but, but, Miguel, right, we're, we're okay. <laughs> up here, up here, yeah. got um, it. Let's change the category, let's not say good or bad. Let's just talk about love. Okay. Oh yeah, this was gonna be a whole podcast, wasn't it? Like yeah, whether it was. or not Christians, whether or not non-Christians can truly love. Yes. Uh, I, okay. So say, hang on. Go ahead. Well, okay. So we know that Scripture informs us that ultimately God is love. I guess. Okay. If you don't have a knowledge of God, okay, either head knowledge, and really it would be coupled as a Christian head knowledge and relationship type of knowledge, right? If you don't, no, but the education is is head knowledge. Sure. Yeah, okay. Edu- okay. Yeah. The education that would be imparted in a Christian orphanage would be head if, knowledge. If by education you mean data being inputted into their brains, yes. Yes. Okay. Road but, memorization. Yeah, but there's a training that goes on that goes beyond head knowledge. It goes through experience. That's what discipling is all about. Okay. 
It, it is. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't disagree. But I thought we covered this last week when I said, "Is could you brainwash someone to Christ?" Right. But but the, and here's the thing: is that um, when we talked about brainwash and manipulation, right? There was no really set standard of differentiating between how you called influencing and <laughs> brainwashing yeah. or, or, or manipulation. Or no, manipulation. No, no, no. But I meant like in like a true literal like. Like strap them into a chair, pop Ooh, their eyes open. I would just, like, I would oh. love to know because I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have the upbringing that you did. But tell me when, in, in uh, even as a Catholic, because I was also grew up as a Catholic. When you were strapped down to a chair, <laughs> and just like no, well, no I'm, not, I'm not saying I was brainwashed. I'm, right. I'm, I'm so just, why do you think that we are talking about brainwashing? I'm not, I'm not saying that you're talking about brainwashing. Right. But what I'm, but what huh? I'm, he's implying. Yeah. No, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to imply it either. Like what I'm saying is like. Like, hey, us keeping this child and caring for them and imparting this wisdom and knowledge and, and, and habit and ritual and, and procedure, like, that is of the utmost priority over the mission of an orphanage, which is finding a home. Regardless, yeah. um, so, my, so then, like, so I would, my question was, like, I'm not saying you're brainwashing or not. What I'm saying is, like, could you draw a moral argument to, like, say, hey, like, then we can just brainwash them into having the belief and the faith and all this stuff. You know, whether it's a whether God changes the heart or not, I believe he does, not in a brainwashing situation. You know, like if that's if that's the case, like like I I don't it seems like the priority is to instill this. Instill Christian love. Yes. Okay. And, yeah. And so definitely. Okay. And, Eric, are you? Yeah, yeah. Eric, <laughs> yes. Eric and and hey, anyone, anyone else like who here thinks the priority should be to instill Christian love? Okay, raise my hand. And look, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean they're saved. I, and I'm I'm about that for the time that the child is in the orphan. Right, but look, we're how not, is it loving? too? No, but okay. Look, because you're providing something you cannot. You're, you're giving them. You're surrendering them. Which over is to something, something that is substandard compared to Christian love. If I, if that's the, oh, if man, that's like, the difference there. Look again. There are Christian couples that we would adopt these children out to. That would, that would cover the the problem that you seem to think that we are, we are lacking. We want that. That's why we would adopt in the first place. Otherwise, we would just take care of the child, the children ourselves. Okay, but we would want someone who maybe can. Uh, su- uh, support them in a way that we can't because because we lack as a either as a single uh, male or because you know it's just just one male one female and, and there's too many children to really like you're talking about okay we're all there for that we're not saying that that's not good that's not what we're talking about we're simply saying the, the argument is how are you loving the, the the child and how are you doing your Christian duty are you doing anything morally good, ultimately, by handing the child off into a situation that also lacks? Like, if you really have a problem with lacking, you know that the homosexual couple or the atheist couple lacks in a certain area. And it's a very important area. And it contradicts what you're doing and how you defined a Christian orphanage. Because you said that there would be a teaching of Christian principles while they're in your care. Right? And, and yeah. it's not it's not just a difference between like oh I'm handing them off from one unideal like one suboptimal situation into another. 
it's like I'm handing them off from a community of the redeemed to a community of the damned. And and while Travis says that, you know, we're not perfect, yes, but unless you understand perfect, unless you got that right, you know, that makes a big difference. And so what we're talking, like, this is what I have to talk about. Can uh, non-Christians be good? But can, can they truly love on, on a very surface level way? Yes. But you believe that God is love. Yes. Do you believe what Jesus did on the cross was loving, like truly loving in, in his essence and in his being that he defines uniquely? Uh, I worry if this is a trap, but yes. It's not a trap. Okay, like, I was like, no. I was like I'm, I'm worried, like the phrasing yeah. of it, I was like. Yeah, you put, you put a lot of clauses in there. Yeah. Do, you believe like, what Jesus, like, do you believe what Jesus did on the cross was loving? Yeah. And then yes. Yeah. Okay. And can you find that expression of love outside of Jesus? Outside in that world, with the, the, the well, like I guess my question is, where are you defining it as the sacrifice of one's life? Are you talking about the sacrifice of one's eternity of, of being an infinite being no, and no, compressing no. yourself into of a, a very God thing. dying? Right, right. Well, that's while well, we that's, were that's still enemies, he died for us so that we may become sons of God. That kind of love, okay? We can. I'm not trying to break this down into the sacrifice or, you know, nails being driven into the hands of feet. Nothing like that. I'm just talking about that essence of love that yeah, we've I mean, got I, to know. I, I think that's a bad argument because I would then say, like, yeah, uh, no one could do that because no one's a god. So no one no, would be able to make But you a, have a community sacrifice. that's focused on the cross and, and essential love and then a, a group of people that aren't. And, like, and, right? and, I... and you can, yeah, we can't be God, but we can be imitators of God. And while it may not be perfect... It's the difference between having a broken mirror that has somewhat of a reflection or maybe a fuzzy mirror that has somewhat of a reflection of what you're looking at to not having a mirror. Like, how, how, does, how does that, how do the two even compare? You, you have a mirror and now you don't have a mirror. So, so you, I think by your own admission, you have to say, no, there is no such thing as that kind of love outside of Christ. And then we have to ask, if you're talking about doing these things by handing them off to atheists or homosexuals, it's loving. How can that be? That's completely contradictory. I mean, the whole thing is contradictory. And so that's what we're, we're really struggling to find out is like how you can't, you're, you're struggling to bridge the two. You're like, I'm just going to be a Christian here for this time from nine to five or from ages two to whenever. So and it's like, no, you're, you're going to be a Christian as, as throughout your whole life, right? And you're going to disciple this child as long as you possibly can, you know? If you give the child up, it's because someone can do what you're doing and maybe even better, but not worse. Would, would you hand off your own children to non-believers wow, to was, care for them? That's the same question. Huh? <laughs> I, I was legitimate. I was going to ask, like, would you... I read your you, mind, David. You had died. You wanted your children to go... To let's say, by the way, Chris, are you wanting right. to say something? Because I don't know if you're backlogging everything. Again. I'm still. I am <laughs> but you, you might need to good. stop soon well, yeah. and just start speaking. Let's just say, like, you don't know Eric at all. Eric is married man, but they're living in a small apartment. Yeah. With one car. Um, Half a car. I mean, they're, they're, they're paying the way it's a motorcycle. They're, they're not the best. Like they, like their life could be better, but it's not terrible. Like they're living a good life. Oh, okay. Then you have. I'm not going to use your name. Right. Travis. No, make it Peter. Peter. Thank you. Uh, and he's married. And 
They are, they are multi-millionaires because Chuck Peter hacked into the system. Uh, but they're, but, but they're, um, they don't believe in God. It's like, but they don't believe in God. Which family would you want yeah, your kids to go up? In? I would say the priority would go to the believer. Okay. Right. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I would just like not prioritize a believer or a believing family. Right. I would absolutely okay. prioritize. Wait. That. So now if if that kid's salvation is like determined anyway, but like Peter will be able to buy him the types of clothes that he likes and, and the types of like he can develop his own taste of music, he can taste the cultural variety of foods, and then Eric will never be able to provide any of that for him. And in fact, like he's gonna have to work a lot and so he might not be able to have as much time with his dad because dad's out there, you know, having to win the bacon instead of just hacking it all from you know, the hedge funds. A tip of Eric's bank account. That's why Eric's poor. He starts the first, like, uh, bit bacon. He gets a... Uh, <laughs> he, he finds Eric's uh, secret <laughs> stock account. And, uh, hacker coin. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the... It's like, why, why would you prioritize the Christian home if the, if the child... If your child's salvation is already, you know, a yes or no in God's eyes? Yeah, I would I would say it's because ultimately I do believe a Christian home is better than a non-Christian home. I think the difference in the argument is I don't consider an orphanage a home. I consider it a temporary residence because I don't believe that orphanages are permanent. I don't believe that a bunch of part-time or full-time employees are a substitute parents if, if you okay, could live in a christian if you could have your kids live in a christian orphanage or an atheistic, atheistic millionaire's house atheistic like mansion and here's no, the practicality my brother's not a believer my brother's already slated that if amanda and i die that's where my kids go oh, man, okay that's, now like now, like like i'll put up like i'll pony I'll up to the table to an atheist I'll po- no, but, i like, think i think you'll find this interesting okay this is a uh, fact for okay Wikipedia. so now Fact, he's reading okay. the internet. <laughs> so, okay, so let's say, so you're saying that the orphanage is not a home. Now, what if the kids think the orphanage is a home? What if there are some kids who actually think this is my home? It's a hard knock life. It's a hard knock life. But this, like this, like I, this is what I'm getting fed. But this, this is my home. Yeah, and like, like when, when, when I'm on vacation, where I stay is home. And I, like, literally, like, I tell them, like, hey, we're going home. Like, we're going to the hotel that we stay at. Like, cool, great, fantastic. Objectively, I, I, don't, I wouldn't but, call it a home. I don't but, think okay, it's a home. But what if the children call it a home? Would you would, I, I, want... I think that's as... Because what I'm saying is this, is that, like, there are also um, a lot of kids in Asia, when they go out, they just go back to the orphanage. That's 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 all they know. Like that is home to them, because that that's all they where they went. So that's where they grew up. That's where like yeah. If all, if all I had was a box under a bridge but and it started that, raining, I would go back to the box right. under the bridge, like one hundred percent. Right. Yeah, but there was a difference. But like you're saying is that like you would rather have this kid, um, mm-hmm. who would I rather have this kid go to an atheist place than. Yeah, that's exactly. No, but stay in this orphanage because it's not home. But what if it is home for him? Right. I would rather the kid go to an atheist home 
rather than to right. And what, but what like, if it's the kid? Yeah, I, he, right, he's right. Heard, and, and, he's heard and, you say and, it. Like, and, okay, like if if now an atheist it. family came and wanted to adopt the kid, and the kid said, "I don't want to go with them," I'd be like, "Okay, you don't go with them." Like I wouldn't force the child into a home that they don't want to go into. But if the child wants, what if that to kept be... you from being able to then bring in another child? Right, Wouldn't but that be... but again, that's not what's best for the child emotionally. Oh man, I I gotta you know just like this whole emotional. Mm. Well, mm. well, I want to, uh, Chris. Do you want to unload? Yeah, I was gonna say let's circle let's circle back to Miguel's brother thing. If if that were to happen, let's say Miguel and Amanda, heaven forbid, they go on you know a mission to the hidden sand village and they die, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and then you know his oldest son becomes like a puppet master thing like Naruto. Yeah. Um, but like, let's say that happened. And then all of his kids go to his atheist brother. You guys, it sounds like you're saying, like, whoa, that's a little, like, rough. It sounds like they're not going to get the upbringing that they're going to get. But who's, who's to say that that is, A, not part of God's plan? I mean, unfortunately. Sinful things and, can be part of God's plan. Yeah, the death of Christ, the crucifixion of Jesus was part of God's plan. So I wouldn't say that. So B. Right, right, right. So then, so then B, but who is also not to say that in this instance, Miguel's brother looks at this as like, wow, this is how my brother lived. This is how my sister-in-law lived. I need to live up to these kids' expectations of that. And let's say like in the process, not like immediately, obviously, because I don't know how your brother is. But like, let's say like in the next three, four, five years, he starts going to church. He starts becoming a professing Christian, starts really being mm-hmm. who Miguel would be to his kids. Why is there no? Yeah, pro- I'd, like, I'd say whether whether or not God has the has the capacity and even the plan to turn something for His good does not really have much to do with whether or not it's in His moral will mm-hmm. and whether whether it's sinful or not. Like God can take sin and turn it to His moral will, just like He took you know Herod and Pilate's uh, decision to crucify an innocent man and used it like as instrumental in the saving of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, and I know. Uh, I hope you're comfortable with me talking about this, but if not, we can cut it. Um, the like missionary dating, okay. like the idea of a of a Christian dating a non Christian, and so Chris, in your situation, if I'm remembering Reklecklik, uh, <laughs> you so you were an unbeliever. London was a believer. You guys started dating, and it was through that relationship that like you came to Christ. Yep. So God used that for His glory. He turned it for His glory, but that does not mean that London's decision to date you was a morally right one, right? True. And so it's like I, I would say that I, as the orphanage headmaster, headmaster, uh, <laughs> like I'm, res- I'm not responsible for knowing the decrees of God that are going to extend past the ends of my actions. Mm-hmm. But I am responsible for obeying His revealed will. And one thing that we I, we've not yet come back to is the passage that we talked about last week, which I've gone back and looked over it. Is like the oh, idea that we should thought. not be yoked together with unbelievers and if i have a child and it's like i'm going to connect them into an unbelieving household that's not speaking specifically about marriage i think that marriage is absolutely under the umbrella of ella i was gonna do that too uh of of the um context of that verse but it's talking about in anything we should not attach ourselves to unbelievers and so i i think that that absolutely means if i have this person i should not attach them to an unbeliever like if god tells me not to do something myself then i should not i should definitely not use my um legal or 
uh, worldly authority over a person to force them into that situation. Well, um, Miguel, uh, you said something, and I remember you saying it last time I want to bring up, because you said something about control, right? Yeah. You think it's... Um, do you have a problem with us, uh, in a way, controlling... We could say on ground level that we're controlling um, where this child goes. I don't like that word. I I know we do, but, but yeah. just for the sake of influencing, yeah. manipulating. Yeah, exactly. We're <laughs> no, just going to get back I, to there. But if I'm withholding the child from going to this house and, and deciding the child goes in that house, do you think there's a problem with that? I think. Uh... Oh man, let Wait, me not I say did, that. Can Can you ask that question again so I understand it better? Uh, I just want to know if Miguel has a problem with us. Making a decision where the child goes, basically. Okay, one way or another. One way or okay. another. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, and and I struggle with that one because I'm like, uh, yeah, like every like, as a parent, I have control over my child's life, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I feel like that's where the argument's going, but the thing is, though, like. I think it boils down to the role. Like, I, as a parent, have been tasked with raising my child to adulthood. And through that, I control their lives uh, to varying degrees throughout that journey. I think in orphanage, their job is to care for that child and their control of the child uh, is limited um, to, you know, nurturing, feeding, caring, that way. But I think an orphanage's ultimate job is to find a home for children. Right, and to, to find a adequate and loving home, and then that, and then we just boil right no, back no, down I, to the definition of what I consider adequate and what you guys consider adequate. Right, but in both our definitions, we may not find that home. Right? Yeah. Okay. okay, so if you don't find the home that you feel is adequate, is it unloving then to withhold the child from going to a an house? An inadequate home. Yeah, an inadequate home? Yeah. Um, is it is it unloving yeah. to withhold the child? Or is it manipulation? No. Is it no, controlling? I, 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 I get, and I, I get where the argument's going. It's it all, but it, it all, and I've, I've said it since last week. Like this, all boils down but to I the definition. But I understand. But you believe that that this has to do with control. That's what you just said. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like I, I, I believe that the, I, and I want to say this all boils down. Like I think that's too gross. Um, but I, I definitely believe that it's if I withhold this child, I can better influence this child or, or better teach, better raise, whatever phrase. Like, I don't I don't want you guys to feel like I'm accusing you guys of legitimate brainwashing. Like the, brain, the brainwashing analogy was, you know, to, to I was hoping the argument would be no brainwashing is not going to say, OK, then like then we don't need to hold on to these children so closely and, and continue um, you know, refusing somebody who thinks differently than us. But I, I do um, believe I can raise a child better than an atheist. Better in what way? Like I, I, I'm assuming, but I just want to. Like, uh, 
that are God loving and well. Uh, that's what I assume you thought. Hang on, in every way that ultimately matters. Okay, yeah, okay. I, I, know, I know what you. I just wanted you to say it. I know what you meant. I just to say because it. because I don't I don't think that there's a way. I mean, you know, if someone's lying about being a Christian, or if someone's, you know, whatever. But like, I I don't think there's a way to raise someone that is worse than raising them. Here's apart from the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But, but here's my thing. Like, if we go back to David's example, where like most young, like like oh, if you're caring for a young child and you adopt them out then they don't even remember the teach if you adopt them out to an atheist family they don't even remember the teaching that they're getting in the orphanage but then i would also say like but hey okay and so you're gonna hold you're holding on to this child to raise them better by giving them an education that they possibly will not remember um while also uh, not being able to provide as much individual care and attention. Yes, and I, um, I would withhold the child from an atheistic family like I would withhold the child from the mouths of lions. And I could throw them to the lions and say, well, hey, God has stopped the mouths of lions before. And so, like, who, who am I to presume upon the plan of God that God would not stop the mouths of these lions? And... You know, maybe even teach these lions to, like, be literate and teach the child to read and, you know, do all these. It's like, I only know what I am commanded. And so that is what I'm going to be taking into account. Again, it's I. It's not mine to presume as to what the ultimate plans or ends of God will be that will result from my actions. But it's my, it's my place to be obedient. And if he commands me not to yoke myself... And I would say, by extension, any Christian under my care to an unbeliever. Any Christian under your care? Or anybody under your care? Any Christian, because Paul's talking to Christians when he says, you know, when he but, says, be so you're, you. So you're assuming that these children under your care are Christian? I'm, I'm assuming I'm raising them in a Christian community. But that doesn't right? make them Christian. Yes. Uh, we can get into the paedo-baptism yeah. argument then. Right. But, but let me just say this real quick, because uh, our time is running out. But... Um, that, that child, it goes back to the example of the two-year-old, right? They may not uh, remember any of the things you're teaching, right? But again, we're only going to hand them off to people who would continue on that, who would build mm -hmm. off of that. You're not right. going to do but, that. But, so, so, but the in argument, what case the is argument disobedience not sin? The argument, the, in that argument of the two-year-old, I would say you're not adopting them out, and by not adopting them out to a, a qualified family, what I would call a qualified family, yeah. but you wouldn't call it unqualified family, you know, you are withholding someone or one or two people who are going to be able to be present with that child uh, right. and, and, and raise that child and love so, that child. So, which we would and, say and, and become full-time parents. Which we would that, say is less important than Christ-centered community. Here's my question. Miguel. Christian love. If that's, no, but listen, if that's the case and you feel so important about this, right, then why in the world does... In your mind, a Christian orphanage have to teach the Bible. It clearly is not the most important thing. Or Christian think, parents. But imagine, so Christian the, parents. imagine the time. Hang on, would you say or Christian parents? I'd, I'd say that should well, also be. I, I think the principle applies I, I, but, to but see. Like I think, I think Christian parents are to be living their faith, and then through that, like the child participates. Because their parents, in that. or because they're Christians. Because, uh, it's a no-brainer, Miguel. No, like I like. 
No, I, I, should, I don't know. Should you be bringing up the child in faith? Should Christian parents do that because they're parents or because they're Christians? Should because I be bringing up my? Should I be Christian bringing up area. my children in the faith? <laughs> yeah, this is a trick question. But no, because they're Christians. Because <laughs> yeah, I because right. I, don't, I don't believe I don't believe a I don't believe an, an atheistic parent should then be bringing up a child. In the faith. Wait, why would they? That's should. that's what we're talking about. Is that we do things because we're Christian. An orphanage does things because it's Christian. Yeah, not I, because it's an orphanage. But you keep saying an orphanage. But here you go again and saying that what really matters is the Christian part, not the parent part. Yeah, I think the orphanage is fulfilling the Christian part by doing it while the child is under their care. So then why does it matter so much of the emotional and physical? So why are you putting that over the thing that the Christian should be doing? So, uh, Eric, you're, you're, you asked why am I prioritizing Christian in some aspects and not Christian in others? And... I would say that's because I, as a living being, have died and been born anew a Christian. I would say an orphanage is not a living being. It is not. It does not die. It does not be. It is not born anew. So, my identity is as a Christian. The orphanage's identity is an orphanage with the qualities or the traits or the attributes of some Christianity. Of some of it, but like not... Um, so should a Christian orphanage be run by Christian principles? Yes. Um, but, but again, like the, the, but, but I think it all boils back down to I'm identifying the orphanage's identity as an orphanage. And so while, with Christian traits, so while the child is with the orphanage, its identity as an orphanage is to care for and raise children and find them loving and appropriate and adequate homes. Which we would and, define and while that is, And while those children are in its care, in the orphanage's care, it will, uh, it, you know, it, it will do church on Sundays, it will pray before bed, it will teach these children Christian values um, but when the time comes it would adopt out because its identity is we would, an orphan. we would just we would define appropriate differently as and, yeah well it's not, it's not, so so you're doing the thing that you're doing because the orphanage has its own identity right uh, yeah, separate sure. from Christian right sure. okay um, but you would see what we're saying that what Christians ought to do like, we're prioritizing the Christian identity, right? And I believe, from the individual perspective, but I think then it, then you run into, and which is something I was going to mention, but I really don't want this to drag on so much longer, but then I would just argue, like, why are you working at a Christian orphanage instead of not just not adopting from a Christian orphanage all the time? If you are a Christian working at a Christian orphanage, why are you not then just adopting them into your home? So, it, well, the, the issue becomes that we define... A Christian thing is, is different because you've separated the identity, which then I would say that that's where your contradiction comes in. Well, yeah, just call it an orphanage. Yeah, because it's just an orphanage run by Christians, okay. but they're not able to do their it's Christian like duty because K. they're prioritizing like, the oh, orphanage. We're not a Christian identity. band, we're just a but, band that's called Christians. Well, well so, so I'm saying, like, you have the orphanage identity, you have the Christian identity. Right. And I, I don't believe non living things could be Christian. 
like a choir. church. I, I, I right. know. I know. Like, okay. How many other places of worship are not called churches that aren't Christian? Look, or how many places of worship would call themselves a, uh, a Christian church but are not well, I, that? I think I, a church is Christian. It's not a Christian. I think a Christian school is Christian. It's not a Christian. It's not like a born-again believer. Right. Right. So, so the church is, is adopting the values of the adjective. Of the scripture. Christian. Of the scripture. No, 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 of the, of the, no, of the Christian are, adjective. This will get to the theonomy stuff, but like we're not going to go there now. But what I would say is this: that an, an, an orphanage, the way that you're talking about it, uh, if you're saying it's not a living thing, then I have to assume you're talking about the physical properties of it, which at, at the end of the day, it does nothing. It actually is nothing, and it actually doesn't have an identity because non-living things don't identify as anything. They they are identified by those who give the living purpose. beings by the living beings who give by purpose. the Christians. <laughs> yes, no, see, so this is where the contradiction comes in. You're saying that an orphanage has a separate identity than from the people that actually make it up. And you're saying that the orphanage, that its identity has a priority over the Christian identity. And so therefore, it limits what the Christian can do, right? So you don't need a building. I would agree, and you say, you know, to, to your question, it's like, yeah, you don't, you don't need a building and to have this temporary thing. What we're just talking about is just doing missions as Christians are called to do. That's all we're talking about. What you've just described, I would argue, does not exist in reality because, again, unless you have people attributing an identity and living out the identity, you don't have an identity. You know, a rock doesn't come out and say, I'm a rock. And therefore, I'm hard, and I'm grainy, and this or that, and I'm, you know, I've got all these angles and stuff like it, it, that. Doesn't uh, make any sense. I, I would disagree with that. I would disagree with that completely. A rock cannot self-identify. No, I would say that God's given the identity, but a structure and, like and, an orphanage, which is a man-made thing, you, was given its identity by man exactly. and not by God. No, 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 no. no. Uh, I'm not arguing who gave the identity. What I'm saying is because you said an orphanage is not a living being. I agree. Living beings give identity. Living beings have identity, and living beings live out identity, okay? Not a, non, not a structure, right? So if you take the people out, Miguel, how do you have an orphanage? You, you don't. You need the people in there. Okay. So what we're saying, as a Christian orphanage, then, the people who are in there are going to dictate the principles. It doesn't stop being an orphanage. It doesn't. It just has a new identity, right? Right. So I, I, would, I would say that it's not fulfilling the job that an orphanage should be doing it, it to the to the fullest which again which again like i'm not saying christian orphanages shouldn't exist i would say i would argue that christian orphanage is not doing an adequate job of, being of, an, of orphanage. an orphanage which is an identity that you're defining right it's it's identity that you're defining it has is defined I, by what group of people uh, i think if if i'm understanding you correctly you're Argument is that is how I'm defining it, but that's not how they're defining it. No, no, the people no, no, who make no, no. up the organization. No, your definition of an orphanage. Okay. That identity. I would say the general definition of an orphanage. The general was given by whom? People. What people? Uh, I would say people. Okay, Christian people. Uh, okay, I'm okay, the orphanage or this, of no, orphanages. No, listen, this. This identity, that this you, specific yes. building, no, no, no. hypothetical building. Look, yes, the building 
It could be a freaking firehouse. It doesn't matter. Sure. You but but we're, we're talking about firehouse a specific stuff. thing, not a general yeah, concept. You're using the thing, right? The people are using a thing for a certain purpose, right? And you're saying that that purpose that the identity is tied to, right? And I'm, I'm asking simply because you spelled out what you think it is. It's this temporary place until you find an adequate home. And by adequate, you have also this definition, right? Sure. So who gave it that identity? Was it Christians? The, the No. They, they did it. I, Christians, Christians did not come up with this idea. I'm being idea. obtuse. I, I, are you following? You're saying of orphanages as such. Yeah, that how, how he because he, what yeah. he wants to argue is that an orphanage has this certain identity. It's a temporary place for children, and sure. they define okay. adequate. And then you define what adequate means. You're sure, saying, yeah, okay. That's what an orphanage is. Sure. And I'm, I'm, I'm simply asking, where did we derive this? People, this people came people. to a communal decision right but they weren't christian correct okay so not necessarily yeah Yeah. so here's the problem and here's the contradiction you have an identity that's not christian and then you have a christian identity and you're saying that the non-christian identity has precedence supersedes the the christian identity that's what we've been arguing this whole time and somehow you think that that's okay no no what i Can I have a Boy. Christian band that makes music that glorifies, like, adultery? No. Okay. Right. But... Wait, what's the point of a band? Is to make music. Right. And we did that. We made music. Okay. I don't know if I should be scared. Uh, yeah, th- there's... How did the... I not come up with that example like a week and an hour ago? Because it wasn't for you. Providence. <laughs> Calvinism. <laughs> um, yeah, I would, I would then say... Uh, what you're talking about is how long, what are the words that I want to use? Uh, about, Miguel's kind of like, like, I don't agree with him, but I'm like thinking like, what Miguel would think is like a band. Yeah, the goal is to make music. But like also what they're representing. Like if I'm gonna uh, for instance like movie boys, they don't the goal is is to make music, but like it is to make worship music. Like, God glorifying God, music. And because you can, why? Why? Because that's what they chose. That's what like I'm, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like they're not. Yeah, but we, we would yeah, say because, it boils down to the Christian. Well, because they yeah, chose. Be, yeah. Hang on, because they chose not merely to start a band. Yeah. But to start a Christian band. A yeah. Christian Right. Yeah, and the people who arranged this orphanage, they could have said like, "We just want to start an orphanage," in which case our baseline priority would be, you know, financial solubility and placement. And you I know, think I here. 
is where I land on that. Like, uh, a band is a it's a concept. It's not a physical thing. It's it's consists of the people who make it, uh, which I understand is kind of Eric's point about the orphanage, um, or or the structure of an orphanage. Um, I would, I would say that it was, uh, a, respectfully, I think it was a bad argument, um, because it's a, it's a misrepresentation of what it, of what it is in the sense that like, you're asking me to pass judgment on one song. That's like then me asking for judgment to be passed on one policy of an orphanage. Okay. Um, would it be okay for a Christian band to have a policy that they're okay with? having um references to like glorifying references to adultery in their songs or or just profanity you know mm. pervasive vulgar use of profanity yeah so if if this christian band went about that i would say then they would not be a, either i would either say that they are not a christian band which i know feeds into what eric's been trying to say um or I would say, um, it's the manager sucks. <laughs> um, or I would say it's a it's it's either not or it's a uh, a, a, a poor representation. A yeah, yeah, like, like a yeah. poor representation or poor branding. I don't know how close those are together. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and so again, like, going back to an orphanage, like, a, a band is what you make it, you know? An orphanage is a defined thing. An orphanage is a place to find children home. And that's why I say, like, this is always going to devolve down to our definition of what is yeah. adequate care. Just, you know, like, yeah, like, we're, we're going in circles, like, like, because, because I don't think anybody would disagree with me where orphanages are meant to be temporary places where children are cared for until loving families come and adopt them i think everyone would agree with that I we think... just differ on what loving families are yes well, no no, no. it's not even that it's not even that if you say that's what an orphanage is great and if i ask you what a christian orphanage is I would then say what I've been saying. That it's, it's the same. same it's the Except same thing where Bible, the, where the education that occurs within is the same. Just like a Christian school, I would say, should be teaching all the same things as a regular school, right. but also teaching Christian material. David's having an apostrophe now. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to say this really badly. It's not like I've been doing a good job. Same Korean for Hang on, hang on. Um, so you oh man, okay, so you're saying so the difference between regular orphanage and Christian orphanage is that Christian orphanage would teach you about Jesus growing up. Sure. Just like a so Christian home versus a regular home or a Christian school. So would you say school versus a Christian school? The Catholic church or Christian church. Like they're both churches, but they're both teaching about Jesus. Like it's, uh, I would say I would say I, I would like, say a Catholic church is teaching 
Catholic values and doctrine no, and yeah, a Christian church is teaching Christian like, doctrine. Yeah. You know, and, and that's nothing to say that I think that Christian or Catholic doctrine is insufficient. But I, I, I think this will go down to like back to kind of like theonomy and, and what you think the Christian calling because you know I, I understand where we're I guess at an impasse, but the argument is that you do not have a biblical definition of what a Christian orphanage is. What you have is a secular orphanage being run by Christians. Yeah. And they're and doing the job that the secular people can do. And they're adding a little bit of Christian spice at the end. And that is where Travis and I would say that you are sinning and that to God in his eyes, that is, I don't want to make it too strong of a language, but you, you it's a, it's a, a mockery. I, I just say like kind of where things wound up were, you know, you said um, a band is what you make it, an orphanage has a definition. That's just kind of a disappointing place to end up because I feel like someone who's really passionate about music could be like, look, a band has a purpose, like a stated, defined purpose. An orphanage can be whatever you make it. Or, or, yeah, or, like... um, or a band is an incomplete uh, descriptor. Yeah, like, like, it like can it's... have a lot of other adjectives put on. Yeah, like, I, like... I think I could say the same thing about an orphanage. Like it, it, it just seems to have broken down into total subjectivity, which... I mean, I would say I've been saying that since last week. No, it, Wait, is... well, you're saying that the definition of an orphanage is objective, and well, it's not. Well, I'm saying that the what we're arguing about is subjective. What is adequate care? Um, what is love? Yeah, you see, that's that's <laughs> that should be objective, Miguel. Um, not just what is love, but what does it mean for something to be Christian that ought to be objective because we're going to the same source. Or what is appropriate. Yeah. We use that word too. Yeah, what is appropriate. Because if we're not going to God's word to define things, then, you know, that's not Christian. It's not. It's <laughs> yeah, like, man, like, I just, I, I, look, I'm not, I'm not saying that y'all's, uh, orphanage is a sinful orphanage or a bad orphanage or i would i i would i would say i think it is probably doing an injustice and i know you guys would argue against that fully and wholeheartedly and i commend you for it there's very obviously a reason i don't run an orphanage um it's not where my heart lies um you know and but but truly like and like i just i I fall back to, you know, this Christian orphanage is run by Christians and all that. It's like, it's like, then why aren't they adopting these kids? And then, and then I look, and I, and then I look to, you know, even, and I, I may, I mean, I, I, I mocked the argument, but I think we can look biblically and see, like, Jesus loved orphans. He cared for orphans. He didn't adopt every orphan he came across, you know, and, <clears throat> and. We are the orphans he adopted. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like, like. I mean, so I'll, I'll applaud that one hundred percent. But, but the um, way he look, the way that we learn about adoption, like that's what I'm trying to say. That's how we ad- identify adoption. That's how we identify orphans. That's how we identify. So, so de- de- about... de- define that for me. Like, define Jesus's adoption of us. Uh, we were saying. fatherless and destitute and without hope. And he brought us into a 
relationship with him where he would provide for us and breathe life into us and uh, care for us eternally. Okay, and that, and that is the example we are to follow. Well, I mean, we can't love eternally. We cannot know, breathe we can. life into people. But what we can do out of what you when, said... When we speak the gospel to people, that's life and health. Well, he's going to attach to the word provide. Mm-hmm. What Jesus does... I, I love you for so many reasons, but that's one of them. I just like I don't have to speak so much. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I know where you're going. It's like... Um, I'm just saying, like, of those things that you listed, you, the ones that we can do, if we, I believe we should seek out those right. who can do it fully and well. Okay, but here's, here's a question. And I'm so sorry because I know you want to just... But, um... If... No, no I'm wondering. But, I don't know. I, 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 kind of... And I'm not trying to cut you off. Like, like, finishing my thought to, like, the completion okay. of that was, you know... Uh, the symbolic adoption of you know providing breathing life and all that yeah absolutely like I'm, I'm all for that and that's why i would prioritize the christian home over the non-christian home but if it came down to adoption versus no adoption i would give adoption now because i believe that let's let's get them to homes that can do do the things that you listed well with the providing that you mentioned but then I also want to look at the literal thing that Jesus did. Well, Jesus literally adopted us. I don't want to. I don't want yeah. to belittle that. But the literal uh, or the or the physical, physical yeah. yeah thing that Jesus did, and he loved orphans. He cared for orphans, but he didn't adopt every orphan. He left orphans in the care of non-believers at times. What I would assume is non-believers is not defined. It's not expressed. It's not. It's not said. Um, and and so like, man, like I'm again like I am not attacking the Christian orphanage. I'm just like I'm just saying in the scenario where I run a Christian orphanage, I'm gonna love those kids to the best of my ability. I'm gonna adopt them out to the best people I can find, but I won't define the best earthly people I can find as solely Christians. And and that is where we diverge. And I'm okay with that. I'm not, I don't feel attacked by it. I don't feel offended by it. I commend people who would do what you were saying. And, and this is going to sound accusatory and I don't intend it to, but I commend people who have the ability to do that and not feel overburdened by the tragedy that's happening on their doorstep of having to turn people away. And I'm not a cute, and that's not a manipulative argument to make anyone feel bad. Like, like I couldn't. And in the situation in the hypothetical of Miguel, what would you do? And I picture myself with limited resources. I would say, you know what? To be able to take the kid that has no one that loves them. Or that no one that could adequately care for them, I will take them, care for them to the best that I can. And if that means giving them over to a home that will love them, that will treat, take them as their own, and all that, and trust in God to do the rest, I would do that in the hypothetical. And I fully acknowledge there's a reason I don't run an orphanage. There's a reason why my heart is not where David's heart is in the matter. And that is why we're all 
parts of the body. Yeah. You know? And 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 that's that's where that's where my argument lies. Um, I, I do have a question. Back to way earlier when you said that it you were going to in the hypothetical case that you go, you're going to find the best possible person that's not solely Christian. What what if in that scenario in a scenario uh you don't find the pers- the best possible person from a non Christian perspective? How would you approach if I found adopt? someone if, if someone came and wanted to adopt and they were non Christian and I deemed them to be an inadequate home that they right. would not be able to Yeah, I'd tell them like, Hey look, like thanks. Mm-hmm. I I love your heart, mm-hmm. you know? I love the fact that you know, for anyone to be willing to come and want to adopt a child, like that is a love that I think is not of your own being. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Here's some Jesus material. Come back anytime you want. And by the way, here are the things that I would look for you to check off mm-hmm. uh, to be able to adopt. You know, like I think you need stable living situation. I think you need a, uh, you know, I think you need to cut out the video games sure i was gonna say uh recreational drug use or whatever it is you know like, I think just, got that. um you know and 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 i would thanks for your heart come back when it's when when you have these things accomplished how would you react to someone calling you controlling for doing that yeah I, and i would say i i i get it you know and 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 that's You know, I'm looking out for the well-being of this child. And again, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to pass judgment upon y'all's opinion saying that, um, I guess I shouldn't say that because I guess that's the entire point of a debate, (laughs) to pass judgment. But, you know, like, I'm not sitting here being like, you know, uh, I think it's not the, the best decision in the interest of the child you guys feel opposite and and i'm okay with ending it and i and i would say like while we've been arguing this and we've been debating this and so yeah i would i've uh called it bad or whatever i think you can also look back to the multitude of times where i've said i'm okay with this being an impasse right okay um i'm not trying i just one uh i know i know no hold on um just to make, I just want to make this clear. Do you believe it's in the Christian calling to provide for physical and emotional well-being? Yes. Okay. And when Christ doesn't do that, has he failed in his own mission? And when Christ has failed in providing physical or emotional. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say fail, but when yeah. he has not done that. Yeah, like I, yeah, I, that's like that's failed where I implies land. like tried and failed. But would you say when Christ neglected to provide for people's physical needs when it was within His power to do so, that He was not fulfilling the Christian mission? Such as, you know, He goes to a town and He, you know, there are many more people who would be healed by Him, right? And He just doesn't, right? Yeah, I, uh, I would say no, He did not uh, sin or fall short of that. Okay, um, why? Uh, because I would say Christ is the example by which Christians uh, 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 
take our example from. Uh, he is the definition. Um, uh, and by extension, God and the Holy Spirit as well. Like, so uh, they, they are the definition. They, their actions, uh, their words are what dictate and define. Right, right. Um, we, we agree. So, so if I don't so, see Jesus prioritizing that, then why do I have to as a Christian? Um, so I, I would say that uh, you know, the person of Jesus had priorities that he had. Okay, the Holy Spirit, God the Father. I mean, I'm not talking about just his earthly mission. I'm talking about even today. There are people who are starving. Mm -hmm. There are people who are feeling lonely and depressed. Yeah. I'm single. I would love to have the, the warmth and care of a wife, but don't have it, you know? So, and is, is God literally coming to talk to me while I'm laying in bed and snuggling with him? No. So, uh, he's not doing it. So, he's clearly not prioritizing it. So, why is it wrong that I don't prioritize it? Mm. I, I'm not sure I'm... That's, that's a bad thing. I, no, I don't, no, well, I don't like that example because it's like, well, he also doesn't preach the gospel to everyone, but it's like he, he uses us to provide some of those physical needs and actually something that was said in church this past Sunday uh, that I thought it was uh, really good. I forget who the quote is from, but it's like Jesus doesn't always give us what we ask for, but he always gives us what we would ask for if we knew everything he knew right right and I, I mean i don't i don't i don't disagree with any of that i'm just i'm just saying that the way that god operates we can clearly see he's not prioritizing the things that you you seem to think is a christian priority so yeah I mean, it, su such as the things that i, I just mentioned the, the physical and emotional um, I, I would say he did snuggles no no he, snuggles. he didn't he didn't do that he not not everybody gets yeah, the physical I, and emotional needs even during his earthly ministry. Like, like yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I. I'm really struggling to see that as a as a valid argument because I I mean, I would say that the people that Jesus encountered, he loved. He loved well. He provided physically and emotionally and, and spiritually. Like I don't I don't want to I don't want to remove that aspect at all. Um, but I, I would say he did. He always provided physically? So so as long as Jesus was on earth, nobody was starving? Yeah, like, that's, I think that's such a, well, but boy, this, why does the word salacious come to mind, and yet I know is completely inaccurate in use? Um, I think that's, a, I think that's a, why didn't infinite God do infinite things? And it's like, yeah, no, because that wasn't. Well, but, but we know what he did do. Right. Yeah. Okay. I don't have to spell out the gospel, but he did what the gospel says he did. Right. Right. So that is a priority, clearly. Right. right. Because the effect of the gospel is is absolute and it's known, right? And it's still going on to this day, in you and I. But the the fact that there have been Christians that have starved even to death. Yeah. There have been Christians that have felt lonely and depressed. You 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 even said that. Christ does not provide for the emotional need because we were saying that Christ does and you were saying, no, they need the parents for that. So he doesn't prioritize that. That's who I'm supposed to be imitating. It doesn't seem uh, to, it just really doesn't seem to add up. I, I, I don't think it's a parallel argument there. Yeah. Um, Explain. 
I mean, because we're we're trying to do we're trying when when you talk about being Christian, it means to be like Christ. Yeah. Right. And so the benevolence that we show, like well, because our because enemies. there are things that God commands us to embody, like He does yeah. them through us doing them. No, I agree. I I totally agree. And you see the priority there in what He commands us to do. Yeah, and He He would have us. You know, to the best of our ability to take care of the physical um, needs of widows and orphans. But I would say that he would also have us to, within the best of our ability, you know, preach the gospel to them to take care of their right. spiritual needs. But, so here's the thing. Where we would lack in our preaching, you would say that God would make up for. Where we would lack in our preaching? How like where we would could, fail to preach? Maybe we okay. don't communicate it well. Maybe we're not okay. able to reach as many people. Sure. God, you would say, would, would pick up where we slack. Can. Can. Well, he does. He does. Absolutely. Because we don't believe that people are safe dependent on us, even though God uses us. Okay. Yeah, correct. Yeah. But I don't think he always uses my inadequate presentation of the gospel to uh, vivify a soul. Right, but I'm not saying that he always because we're not. I, I'm okay. I'm failing to see like where this connects back. Because are are you saying like well, and we are the orphans that have been adopted by God, and so if this is how he, no, uh, okay, no. I'm just waiting for this to circle back around. Yeah, because we cannot provide emotional and physical support adequately, right? We also can't. Do the the spiritual things adequately, mm -hmm. but we never say that God doesn't do that, right? That that God never does, say that God doesn't. You would never do say that. that. Oh, because I didn't preach to this crowd, God was not present and God is not active or working, right? Sure. Okay. So, but because of the nature of physical and emotional needs, the way you know that God, if God provided, because it wasn't you, because you were inadequate. So, if it's not you, then well, it was either God or someone else. It would have to be present somehow, right? Like, if there was a physical need, then there would have been physical provision. If there was emotional need, then there would be emotional provision. We know that God is not providing that because then that would mean that either every Christian or every uh, sphere of influence that Christianity has, there would be nobody who would have physical or emotional needs. But that's not the case. There are people with that. But when it comes to the spiritual aspect, when it comes to salvation, when it comes to his work accomplishing whatever, by faith we say that God has accomplished it, even though I may be inadequate, even though I may fall short, even though I wasn't able to reach that person, we would say that God is doing that. But we don't say the same thing about God and physical and emotional needs. You don't believe that that's a priority of God then. Because why is God behaving in one way about something and not the other, if they're just as important? Uh, I didn't follow, man. Yeah, dude, like, that was... like I, I, I get it more like, now, but like, I still think it's that, that's what that what he's about to say is what I mean. There, like, there's not a direct parallel between the things that the incorporeal Holy Spirit, you know, provides for the world through His benevolence and through His decree. Um, it's not a direct parallel to the things that Christians are supposed to be doing, no. right? No, I, I don't. I don't follow. Like there, uh, he has jobs that we don't have, and there are things that we, like he uses us to do that he does not do incorporeally, like in a disembodied 
way. Yeah, I mean, I understand that he, like, God saves, we don't save, right? I understand that. But when I'm talking about reaching in the places of darkness, right? If we cannot provide the spiritual need for whatever inadequacy that we have, we by faith believe that God will provide it, right? So either... I believe that God may provide it. So... Or can provide it. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, do I believe that God will provide... Food. Uh, no, I was going to say, like, even, like, uh, testimony of himself to unreached tribes. Yeah. I believe he may. I believe he can. No, but do he I will. Believe, uh, do I believe like there's evidence nature? in nature? Huh? Yeah, like, like absolutely, there's evidence in nature. No, no, right? not, not even that, but, but like, he will, his, his name will be known throughout the four corners of the world. That's something he's going to do. That's something he's Okay, but not to every... He's saying, like, it won't necessarily reach that tribe within those people's lifetimes. Right, but you know that's something God's going to do. Sure, okay, okay, okay. Where does God say that he's going to feed every single tribe, provide physical uh, or, or emotional support to every single tribe? Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is you don't see the priority on those things, whereas with the spiritual thing... I mean, do- I'm, I'm... Dude, I'm with you when, like in saying that the emphasis should be on the spiritual needs of people above the emotional needs, and I would say even above the physical needs, but we should be trying to meet those, you know, both of those as well. But it's like, I don't I don't think this is necessarily the way to be making that point. I, th- I think it's it, kind of circuitous. What I'm trying to say is that if you're, if you're making the physical and emotional things as much of a priority as the spiritual things, that you would naturally see that reflected in God. If you think that's morally... Yeah. Uh, obligatory. Yes. Okay, yeah, sure. But you don't. I think there's a lot easier way of making that statement, man. Like, but I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you're, you're, if, if this all has to do with being a Christian, that that's the way you go about it. You, you follow the way that the person who's setting the example goes. Okay. Well, it's been fun. <laughs> I mean, I don't have anything else to last say. Last 40 minutes, I felt like it was kind of... No, I, I think it was just like the last maybe seven minutes. <laughs> well, maybe next week we can talk about a defining... Maybe we can have a part three. Well, because... Okay, now, maybe next week we can because talk Because this, about this what? goes to everything. Because how would you define what a Christian business is? How would you define what a Christian home is? Yeah, I... I totally made that statement earlier. Yeah. Well, as long as it's not a band. No, or wait, an orphanage. Which was it? No, band but, is but, subjective. But that, no, but it was when David was bringing up, like, oh, what about a Catholic church versus a Christian church? I said, yeah, versus, just like a, a, a Christian home versus a home versus way too uh, uh, versus any anything that you attach the, the Christian descriptor to. Uh, you know, like, how, what sets it apart? And, and I, I mentioned that. You mentioned what sets it apart from everything else? Is the, you know, you pray before you go to sleep and you... Well, I mean, not for all aspects, but... For Christian business. Yeah, exactly. Like, Chick-fil-A employees, they gotta call each other and pray before we go to bed. Like, maybe, maybe before would you shift. No. Would you have a, like, if you had a Christian business, you would allow a chaplain in your business to provide for spiritual needs of people of faith? What? 
Yeah, maybe we should do that as a different podcast. Yeah, that's right what I'm now saying. Like, that's, talk that's about Christian as an adjective. Week. Yeah, that's something you have to think about. Right. Guys, let's try to think of something else so that we don't have to do that. <laughs> Why? I've given you topics, and you keep trying to that lump has, them has, into that, topics. That, like that has everything to do with what we're talking yeah, about. That has everything you want to talk about. No, uh, that has everything to do. It, with it what has to do with us. what we're talking about now, but I don't. I mean, um, and it might be it might be productive. Yeah, but that's I not just, just the next time because I. I feel like stuff. what we talked about tonight was also like you know. Burgeoning from what we had talked about. Uh, no, it doesn't answer the question. I about think a, whether I think whether practical... you can be unrepentantly engaged in sin and be a Christian. No, no, no. That wasn't the question. What was the, the question? The difference between endorsing versus accepting uh, oh, non-believers. I thought you meant the question that you asked oh, no, me no, before no, no, about sorry, like, sorry, can you be? No, no, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. No. Okay. That that we did. Found the cure for cancer. Churches need to volunteer. Involved in yeah, I think I think individuals need to I don't pony up. Think that that fixes anything? That's a joke. How about well, you've got to deliver it way better? How about topic that explores um um a group of uh, getting involved in the activities from the group of Christians versus getting involved in a group from a non-Christian like so next week. We need to talk what's, about. What's that next week. Christian video games. <laughs> Christian. All right, tune in, guys. Uh, uh. See you later.